This episode of the Garage Build Podcast was recorded live in the Hell on Wheels Law Fran Studios. The Fran Hosh Law Group, Palm Harbor, Florida. Personal injury attorneys. Go to lawfran.com or call 1-800-LAW-FRAN. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for 20 years. You're a craftsman. So you spend a little bit extra for tools made in the USA and guaranteed for life. Why should your workwear be any different? Let's face it, you work in some tough situations. You need tough workwear that works with you, not against you. 1620 Workwear builds the toughest, most comfortable workwear right here in the USA. The science is in the fabric, from fit and finish to comfort. 1620 Workwear has a fit for almost any environment, no matter your trade. 1620 Workwear is ready to go to work right away and needs no break-in period. It's also guaranteed for life. Visit www.1620usa.com or follow on Instagram at 1620USA. 1620 Workwear, American-made and guaranteed for life. Badlands Lighting Modules has brought American-made products and values to your garage for over 30 years with the best products and best warranty available in the industry. And since 1999, NAMS Custom Cycle Products has created American-made wiring solutions for builders and bikers alike. Today, Electric Lighting Company Products offers the best in aftermarket lighting for your Harley-Davidson Indian or custom-built motorcycle, period. Visit your local electric lighting dealer or electriclighting.com. That's electric, L-E-T-R-I-C, lighting.com. Hello, Garage Build Podcast listeners. I'd like to talk to you today about a product that I use every single day, and I'm proud to be associated with it. It's a company called Fix Your Lid, and they make grooming products that are available at all Target stores or online at Target.com. Here's what you need to know about Fix Your Lid. Their most important claim is that they source every one of their raw materials in the United States down to the boxes they arrive in. Basically, if it's made in another country, they will refuse it, even if that means spending significantly more money to do so. I use their shampoo and their pomade, but they also make conditioners and hair gels, and most of their products are available in trial sizes or travel sizes, whichever you choose, and they're not going to break the bank. Again, these are made in the United States of America all the way down to the raw materials and even the raw materials to make their packaging. So go to Target.com or follow Fix Your Lid on Instagram at Fix Your Lid and get yourself some high-quality grooming products made in the good old U.S. of A. today. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Hell on Wheels Garage Build Podcast. We took our show on the road this year in our mobile studio, courtesy of the law offices of Fran Hosh in Palm Harbor, Florida. They helped us out, and we have a mobile studio now, which allowed me to go to Sturgis, South Dakota for the 80th Black Hills Motorcycle Classic. And I sat down with some great friends of mine, and we had an absolute riot. I hope you enjoy it. I titled this one The Sturgis Shit Show. It's myself. Cody Childress from Whoville Speed and Custom, Brad Barnes from Boosted Brad's Death Metal Racing Parts, his bride, Kristen Barnes. There's also Paul Nod from Fuel Moto. Um, Paul and I 
realized on this trip that we've known each other for well over 10 years and just kind of never spent any time talking to each other or spent any time with each other in the same room when we were there. So we talk about motorcycles, the motorcycle industry, the FXR show, what's going on with Sturgis, what's going on with everything. In the background, you can hear some tomfoolery, and that is courtesy of James Carter of Bitchin' Stitchin', who I intend to have on this podcast at some point in time in my life. So episode 39, the Sturgis shit show. I hope you enjoy it. If you ain't first or last, <laughs> if you ain't first or last, hell, I was high when I said that. Last year, I wouldn't have won. Here, I got to get levels on you guys. Turn your phone ringers off, too, fuckers. Are you sure? You're cold. Do you need to snuggle, little fella? Yeah. Are you going to podcast? We're going to ask you every West Coast Chopper question. Here you go. Testies, testies. Testies, nuts. James, you need to be getting the podcast, too. I mean, No, I was going to, I'm going to do it with James this week. All right. Now, this is the first one in this space, right? He doesn't know every West Coast. Just you pull, you just pull him. Numbers, yep. where you yeah. Them. There you go. Is it a W1, whatever? <laughs> What's the garage code is? 1W9. One 1W9. One Fix your microphone, dude. 1W9 doesn't mean Right. Really? Check, 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 check. Because he's still a manufacturer, so he can 1W9. Check, 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 check. Or was that? Last night I got. I had, I oh, somebody! Oh, he needs some milk. <laughs> I was out here. I was drinking whiskey out here by myself. So, every y'all were all up there. So I had these microphones on, and I had my my phone has a magnet on it. So I had it up here like this, and I was videoing myself, like making like. Rap songs. I was like, what the what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sending videos to my friends and shit. Oh, that's funny. No, no, no. no. Then, I would, then, I would, then I would delete them. Then I would delete them because I couldn't keep them because they were so stupid. I was, just, I was like, if I had some pen and paper, I'd write some lyrics. So, right. Now, and I was trying to figure out how to put. Be like, fly. I like, Man, I wish I had somebody's phone. I could put some music to it, you know, because I mean, I'm right. just, just do a music bed. You're way too white for that, man. No, I'm way too white. Let me look Colt Ford and B Big B. Right? You should hear his new song, man. That's a good song. Which one? Feed Big B. Have you heard that new single yeah. he just released? Why? Today he just released it uh, today. It's called. Bite your tongue. <laughs> the Brad bite your tongue. Did you bite my tongue? How does podcast work? So, what do you mean? How does it work? 
records it. It's just, it's honestly it's just like like Welcome think of like a the club like a song? like a morning show kind oh, yeah, of thing yeah. basically. I mean it's yeah. just long form conversation. They'll get it. They'll kick us oh, off. We can't on. have it out of there. Who else? Fucking yeah, Apple Apple Music will kill the. They, they take shit down. Are you recording right now? I am. Yeah, I pushed record like ten minutes ago. Oh it's gold. Gosh. Don't do that to me ever again. I told you I was like, no, push yeah, the button, not, like, push the button, not, push the button. The mic is hot. 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 <laughs> you didn't say anything. I can put a marker in there. Incriminate himself real fast. I don't ever hot mic me again. Okay, are you gonna put the cans on or no? You don't have to. I don't care. Do I get to hear what y'all are saying? You well, you'll just hear hear us just in the conversation. I need him because I need to know. We think it looks can be deceiving, but we think you have cans. You have cans. Just pasties. Brad, do you want to chime in? Test, 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 test. Are you going to do that? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't hit the table. Are you going to do that every time you talk? You're gonna, um. <laughs> Did you even hear what we said? Did you even hear what we said? Uh, no, you didn't. How can he not hear what I'm saying? I can hear you. He can. He just wasn't paying attention, I, I don't think. Like just too, you got you to put the deals on, though. It's easier to hear. I, have like I know it is, right? Yeah. 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 And it's hard for me to decipher yeah. stuff. Are you going to make a drink? Ask him a question, and he's going to go, Make me one. So you don't have your cans on, so you can't hear. You know, like on the Saturday night, I had deal. When they, like, was it? Oh, uh, Will the sweaty balls. I, I Pete Schwetty. There's like the two ladies were on uh, yeah, NPR. Test, test, test check. Um, this Mike year for one, Christmas, one, I was a real yeah. glutton. Ohio, Mike one, Mike one. Test, yeah. test, test, test. <laughs> I thought we can't have music. No, that's that's royalty free. So like that's like a music bed that comes with the the machine. Each one of these buttons does something. It's a laugh track. Oh, right on. Yeah, just a. That would be great. Thank you. With Jameson, please. This is gonna be. Worth nothing. I don't think so. I think I think you're completely wrong. I think it's yeah. be gold. Gold. We'll just call this one the shit show. Sturgis shit show. Test tickle. Oh. Oh. Uh oh. Make him a little Jamo and ginger. We're gonna have to go to church. Yeah, he's fucking dead yeah. serious. Well, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, you really? He's acting over his accent. So Dude, it just got it just got real after school special <laughs> in here, real quick. <laughs> I, I mean, like, the last thing I saw you drink was like a Jack Daniels ice cooler thing or something, like a Lynchburg lemonade or something. Oh, them are good. I didn't know you drink. Uh, hey, sir. Yeah, just, just give him a drink, will you? Yeah. Look at this guy, the guy that never says anything. Corn, yeah, right. What else do you have in there? Daniels like. What else you got? I've got Crown Reserve or Jameson. Honey cans. Beer. You got two already. Last time I saw a set of jugs like that, two hillbillies were blowing in them. <laughs> I'm trying to think what movie that was from. That was a Rodney Dangerfield uh, thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to think what if he said that in a movie or if he said it in a, like a comedy show. It'll get serious here in a minute. Once Cody gets in here. 
straw, a straw for her wine. Oh, <laughs> you need a fucking funnel. It looks yeah, like no Jesus shit. Christ. <laughs> hush, hush, hush. Got that Tennessee coming out. On the way here, Brad was like, "You need to bring it in." That's not you, then. We want the real you. No, we're getting it. Brad don't like that. <laughs> Brad's like Just put a lot of liquor in there Brad keeps you melancholy I gotta get a new table This thing's gonna fucking spill I can just feel it Oh yeah What's the alternative? Kristen To what? Oh my god, dude! See what I mean? Yeah, yeah Cody and I are gonna have to build a new table for this thing. What? Can we do one? On yeah, the don't do that. Machine it. Talk to Roman. Have one machine. Yeah. Can anodize it? Can, what did you call it? Can anodize it? Anodize it. Oh, I thought you said like in Canada or something. No. Canadians. Canadians. Those are the, we call those in our house. We call dirty girls Canadians. We call oh, thanks, man. Coke. Syrup chuggers. Syrup chungers. That's fantastic. Did you hear that? Eight minutes in. Eight minutes, 30 seconds in, and we're... We need a new bartender if it takes so long to make drinks. I make my drinks like I do my bikes. all Stop. He said, I'm a winner. Oh, yeah. All I do is win. <laughs> right? I'm a winner, baby. It's just Cam off too. He's like, here you go with this shit. Yeah. Uh, he, I like when he does, when, when, when Cam gets the, he's like, oh, y'all. <laughs> that Texan comes out of him. <laughs> All right, go around the table. Introduce yourself. Everybody knows the great and powerful Cody Childress. I'm going to take a pass. <laughs> Cody Childress. Brad Barnes. Paul Nod. Of course, me. What the hell? What? You're just ancillary right now. Relax. Oh. We can do this some other time with you if you want to get Does, does ancillary mean big cans? <laughs> Is that what that means? AKA hop on. <laughs> right? So hop on the big cans is what ancillary means? What? Is that what that means? Brad may have a problem with that. What's this conversation? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ancillary is like in addition to, like, you know. The cans. Yeah. The extras. Yeah. The, you know, the, the cherry on top. Is uh is ancillary the mod kit? Yeah, <laughs> big bore. Shut up. A Fiero with the GT kit. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, the GT kit would be ancillary. I'm not know enough to sound smart. Oh, probably, probably not. not. No, <laughs> not tonight. There's a couple fucking. You had a bottle of wine, didn't you? Two. Almost. Um, almost. I almost had the whole bottle of wine. Oh, here comes the rest of the bottle of wine. Right. <laughs> So today is what's today's date? August today is August 9th. 9th. And so today was the FXR show, FXR Dyna show, right? We got to call it the FXR Dyna Mixer, isn't that what they call it now? Yep. They have some sort of a name for it besides just the FXR show. Even though that's all it is on Instagram, I tried doing like some hashtag and stuff because our boy Cody won again. Right, again. right. Oh, that's the he wrong needs one. Some milk. Yeah, that's the wrong one. Where's the? One? I got all these pre-programmed ones. Fuck you, Spooby. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's the rim shot. Welcome, Brad. Rim Josh, 
Josh the wine. Did you call it a rim job? No, right. Oh, the, the rim shot. Oh, that's a drummer term? That's what they do, the rim shot. That's what they call that. That's what I said. Is that a drummer term? I don't think so. I think it's just a term. I, I mean, that is a drum, but I don't, I don't know that that's... I don't know it's that it's term. exclusive to, to drums but or to drummers. Like, but it sounds like drums? It is. So it's not a drum term. I don't know. It's not a saxophone term. Yes, I do. I, I yes, do. I do. Be I want you to beatbox. Yeah. You can Kristen have, you can have my mic. <gasps> Go ahead. Just watch out for your glass there. You're going to not. That, that's going flying. <laughs> Uh, so the FXR Dynamixer today, Cody, congratulations. <coughs> Thank you won you. again Thank you much. with a different bike. Stop saying again. Just again. Yeah. No, you won. Two in a row. Dab, that's right. Yeah. It was two in a row. Two in a row. So what are you going to do next? Got anything up your sleeve? I do. You going to share it? Nope. No? Probably not, huh? No. Nope. I, w- I would like it to. How'd you guys do today? Good. Great so, show. Hey, um, you had some new product out there. You had your Destroyer uh, Fender Struts? Correct. Yeah, for and FXRs, yeah. So those are, um, you had, you were showing us a couple weeks ago, like a couple different versions. You ended up with the one that you have out, you have out now, right? Right. It's aluminum polished. They come in chrome and polished. They come machine finished in chrome right now. We only did like a really small run. I don't know if we're going to do any more. This was just kind of a one-time thing, test the water, see how it does. How do you, how did, how do you start out with um, an engineered part? Like, I don't understand the, the process completely. Like, you, you have like an idea, you draw it out, or what? Right, I mean, yeah. Or, do you make like a, uh, what's the right, not a prototype, but I mean, obviously you have to have some sort of a prototype made, right? right what like you, on the FXR fender struts, we basically took just a stock <clears throat> FXR fender strut, got the dimensions off of it, and just kind of drew our designs, what we wanted to match the risers and other stuff that we make, and draw that out, get a basic look, we'll 3D print it sometimes to see if we like it, and then modify it from there. When you do a 3D print, can you, like, Bolt that onto the bike, yeah. not to necessarily see if it's actually going to work, but make right. sure it fits. Right. And stuff. Yeah, as far as dimensions, it gives you a pretty good idea and how it's going to look on the bike. It saves a lot of headache. And now, are you able to three D print that locally in in Dyersburg yeah. now? Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say. I mean, that's got to be. What do you have a printer? You have a three D printer? No, no, no. I have a machine shop, uh, probably twenty minutes down the road. That oh has shit! One. That's cool that they'll work with you and do that. Oh I mean, yeah. That's yeah. Where I'm from, you're like. We need something machine. They're like, is it oil field related? They're like, no. They're like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, if I'd say, I don't know. How, the only way I would know to get anything machined around me is to have like what you did when you made those those actual templates that were three dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's <clears throat> that's kind of a you. So you're drawing everything in CAD, or you? I mean, how does? Yeah. Sometimes I do it on pen and paper. I used to be a machinist, so I have a pretty good idea of how things work and how to draw it out. I've self-taught myself on some of the CAD stuff. Uh, I'm not as quick as most guys, right? But I'm learning the process. Yeah, what using TurboCAD or SolidWorks or what are you drawing it in? I usually use Autodesk. Autodesk three sixty. Okay. Yeah. That's probably the most complicated one too, isn't it? What's that? Isn't that the most complicated one? I don't know. No, no. I I know. I was talking to somebody. They said TurboCAD was like the 
versatile entry level, and then that's probably what uh, I need to be on. <laughs> Chris Moose is the one that told me that. Did you talk to him today, by the way? Who? Chris Moose? No, I didn't see him. He was looking for you. He wants to talk to you about some stuff. Okay. So cool. May reach out to him if you get a chance. Right on. So you're doing, you've got, you've got, what's the, obviously you had it out there today. So the brake pedal, that's not, that's new, but it's, it's not, it's newsworthy and noteworthy, but right. you're not like, you're not, it's not top secret, obviously, if no, you had no, it out no. there. We've been working on that thing for like two years, and it's so tight, getting the arm as far as looks-wise, uh, fitment-wise, pipe clearance, all that stuff is so many variables. It's, it's, it's been two years in the making, finally getting to this point. What's know. the biggest holdup on something like that? Uh, it kind of bounces around. Sometimes it's designing... Uh, sometimes it's the processes like polishing and anodizing is usually, especially right now with all the COVID crap going on, they're getting bombarded because they're, they have fewer people at work. Uh, everything's busy right now as far as companies are, you know, the economy's booming and, uh, every, they're just getting bombarded with parts and they can't keep up. You know, that's been our biggest challenge. So, you know, to this point. You're using a couple of different companies to do your final production machining, right? Right. Yeah. On your struts, you're going to have an RTRP strut, too, or is it just like the FXRs? I don't FXRs? know. We're kind of playing that by ear. Uh, right now, it's just for the FXRs, you know, like 87 up FXR, no RPs, Ts, anything like that. Is the frame different in that part on those bikes, or is it just that strut kind of has that kick down? Just the strut, yeah, for the bags and... Uh, the clearance for all that stuff, yeah, it's just a little bit different. I think the, stro- the shock angle changes, doesn't it? Just yeah, a little bit. it's more upright on the oh, T's okay. and P's. Yeah. T and the P's, the shock's more upright than it is, like, on yeah, his, his not blue okay. on orange bike. Yeah. It's a little more. And that's for bag clearance, correct? What is your What is your top-selling part? Like, what is the one that you sell the most of? Probably risers and pegs. Really? So the destroyer risers? Yes. They, that's good. We, we can't hardly make them quick enough. Really? Been crazy. Which one of your pegs is the best-selling one? The bear traps. That's what I thought. Those yeah. things are – I know there's a lot of other companies that do a similar bear trap peg. Right. But for some reason, yours just absolutely nailed the essence of the BMX, right. like That's where it came we from. And, I, you know, I've got those on my – I've got those on my uh, on my Dyna. You've got them on your FXR. Do you not? Do, do you have them, well, you had them on the, the Dyna? I ordered them for my FXR, but the orange anodizing – was just a little different than the yeah, PM anodizing, so I went black to the back to the just the black knurled pegs. Okay, which I really like. I mean, that's I, I just like. I the mean, what's not to like about that's like you know classic like a classic design. design. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Never gonna go out of style. No, that's why I like doing like uh like the on the FXR I have. I've got like the Pingle mm-hmm. quarter turn throttle with the matching grip on the other side. And the one thing I like about the Pingle grips is they've got an actual flange for your right. hand. I know that's dumb but aesthetically and it also eliminates the problem we were talking about earlier like it on some of the grips it's hard to get a set screw that's actually mm-hmm. can get a good bite on it right or mm-hmm. find a fucking allen wrench that's not gonna either round out the the, the, the set screw or yeah. round out the allen wrench because it's it's a, you're talking about such a small footprint yeah, that's right. foot, we actually went up on pressure. the size of those on ours for that yep. very reason yeah. yeah you know what i noticed that on a couple of different sets of grips right. that there was there was two different sizes so uh do you still do custom? Uh, use some of the some like you have grips that were made from Brad that have Whoville. All my right? Whoville grips were done by Brad, and then he's 
working on some for my little brother's right, right. bike. Yeah. Do you guys still do you? So you still offer that, or is that not something? really? No. We're so busy. I mean, every <coughs> once in a while we'll do. Special. It couldn't be cost effective. No, you know, it's it, not at all. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more favor. Just like with him, he's been waiting on these things to be done for what a year or more, probably. Yeah, but I mean, it was no and, no rush. Uh, it's know. just one of those things. Changing the machine, setting everything up, just for the lettering alone. I get people all the time that want custom lettering or they want the letters on the back side of the grips, and it's just not cost effective to do one set. Yeah, I right. guess if you got into like third party, you know, machining grips for, like if I wanted, you know, 100 sets of Hugo oh, yeah. grips yeah. or something, yeah. then totally. I mean, yeah, then that ends be, up being a production right. run, right. Where, which would make a lot of sense, you know, right. but. So your risers and your grips, your risers and your pegs are your number one selling stuff, number one selling parts, and you've got this new break, this new brake arm that's coming out. Right. That's along the that's in the destro destroyer line of right. parts, right? Right. Okay. I would think right now that of risers and on the market. I mean, I don't know how many sets you've sold. Do you keep track of that? I can. Yeah, it's all in the computer. How I many don't sets really you think you sold? Number. I just know how many we do each run and like. They they keep progressively the runs keep getting bigger and bigger and as soon as the how many how many total done, sets of risers do you think you've sold? You had to guess. Not just destroyers, but but all total, uh, like several thousand? hundreds sets. I mean, I, I would think that you. I mean, you walk through the FXR Dyna show. <laughs> and that look would, I know. That's got that's got to be. I, I, what is that? How, how, that's a great fail. It's got to feel yeah, good. I mean, how do you? Yeah. How do you? I mean, does, does, obviously, it's not an ego thing. I'm not getting into that. Right, what right. I'm saying, like. You're literally you're walking around and people are, you've built so many bikes using other people's stuff. Like right. you're pretty, pretty well known for using a lot of JJ's stuff right. early early on in your career and yeah. kind of putting your spin on it. And you've taken bikes that he's built and kind of put your spin on it. But this is something that you've got that you're the brain trust in this. And these people are now building bikes that are winning shows, right. that we're using stuff that that's arguably some of the reason why their bike gets the shine they get is, is from from your parts I, well, I appreciate and if that. you looked around today i mean you could yeah. you've got parts on sure. yeah well, we 50 percent of the stuff out there at least oh, yeah. I mean, and you know i just i'm humbled by it you know it's just it's really cool to walk out and see something that you've come up with you've designed and it's out there especially you know especially like at that show you know i see the quick detach systems i see the pegs the risers all that and just walking around man and just it's it's a great it's feeling. cool to see I mean, yeah did you see sure. the did you see the little quick detach deal that uh fxr mike had that was using your brackets oh, yeah, with a yeah. little who, who makes that little mini tour pack thing i uh, actually think that's really cool it's like a little bigger than many tour box. pack things like a suzuki or metric tour pack okay right? yeah I didn't that's know okay it was you that told pack. me that yeah. but, but uh, uh, moose wants to talk to you about that's what yeah, that's what Chris he wants to have a conversation and fxr about. mike kind of collaborated on that and uh mike had one of my quick detach systems and he wanted something to throw the trunk on and they those guys come up with it and i think chris makes it for mike or well whatever. they got fucked up you know because the bikes turned over and everything yeah, got trashed so that, yeah. now they're they, they need some brackets and they need a little bit of that do oh, need some love that's right. why he wanted to talk to you today okay. so uh might just reach out to him like i said but okay he's they're wanting to make something that works in conjunction with your parts right i guess that Okay. So that if they if they had your bracket, that the, whatever they sell would also work with yours yeah. as well. well that makes so. sense because then that footprint stays the same. Yeah. Right. That's what they. I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. But there's an, also if you look at oh my god I can't believe I was the one that did that. 
I, to everybody silence their phones silence and then and then phone. I don't silence my phone. Um, <clears throat> there's when you're looking around at the 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 amount of manufacturers that are doing. There's like there's not a lot. There right. really isn't a lot anymore. Of manufacturers. Yeah, that are just specifically kind of in this in the ethos of the 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 stuff that we're into. You know, FXR Dyna Market, and uh, there's there's very few companies that actually that that's their focus. Yeah. You know, Paul's starting to put a lot of emphasis on it, but his stuff is very different from yours. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's some there's a li- there seems to be a little bit of crossover in the um, the way that some of the risers kind of kind of look, but I think that's actually cool because you can you don't have to stick with one brand if something doesn't fit or doesn't doesn't. Do exactly Everybody what has to, to do. get over that whole somebody made something. That no, yeah, and I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm not trying to dance on that line. What I'm shit. saying is that the good part about that is there's you don't have to just use. If we all bought all the same parts from the same manufacturer, then all of our bikes would look the same. Right, right. And so when you have a bunch of, you know, but there's still only a few manufacturers that are doing it. I mean, you've got Todd Cycle. I don't know if he's even manufacturing anything anymore. You know, he's over in Hawaii, so I would imagine you know, he had his stuff manufactured much in the same way that a lot of other people do. I think he designed it, had, you know, did the, the prototype and, the, and all that stuff, and then he it sells it in drag, you know? Nice. And that, I'm, I think that's mailbox money to some degree yeah. until until that stuff stops selling. But there's not anybody that rides a Dyna that wants to put Todd cycle parts on their Dyna because they met Todd, and Todd's at a show, and he's participating. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything bad against Todd. I mean, obviously, he's done well for himself and decided to do what he's doing. But right. I you think know, by far, Brad's been the, the as most far consistent. as that goes, the most consistent yeah. guy to show up and support the community he's trying to sell to. Yeah, right. I mean, you're at pretty much every substantive show that goes on. You'll get up before everybody does in the morning and go to, <laughs> haul your shit down there yeah. and Thanks for set up. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I've got a lot of good friends that help out, never ask for anything, and... You know, I couldn't be more grateful for that. I mean, some free parts once in a while would be. Hey, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> he's very good about shouting. Yeah. If you put his parts on your bike, he's yeah. You'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm good at that reposting, that I reposting and shouting business, out. You like know? you're very, I, I very good at that. I think that's one of the bigger things that's really helped our business is the fact that we treat people like people. We talk to them. You know, I try to answer messages emails whatever we're well, accessible like, yeah yeah and i try to just be nice to people you know and for a, a long time in this community i mean there's still even people today because i have customers telling us all the time about their customer service and how they're treated you know and that's the one thing we try to go above and beyond you know on just telling people we appreciate it you know well that's the only way this is going to work because what venues do we have now i mean we were talking about it before. I mean, you you work at Paul. You work at Fuel Moto, mm-hmm. right? So you guys have a pretty strong following already, right? Definitely, yeah. But if you're starting out a new brand right now, where do, where are you going to where are you going to uh, showcase it, right? So Social hear me media. out on this. In 2000, right when the chopper boom happened, mm-hmm. you had to put you had to build a bike, you had to put it in a trailer. You had to go to Daytona. You had to get noticed. Sturgis. You couldn't rely on the internet. Oh yeah, or Sturgis. Yeah. Yeah. But you couldn't rely on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And then so, and then you would get your bike in a magazine, yep. right? And then you'd right. have an ad in a little bit in the back of the magazine, right? Mm-hmm. You probably did it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. 
it's almost like 2000 again because there are no magazines. So there's so much content on the internet and you have to do the hashtag thing. You have to understand that right. space, but you can develop your own following by going to all, all, all the shows you can yeah. go to. Yeah. And it ends up being kind of regional too. Cause you're, you're not Midwest, but you're s Southern, but as close to the Midwest as you can be right. and still being Southern. You're, you're up in Wisconsin, Cody, you're over in Texas. But this community kind of has like this orb that kind of moves around, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I don't hear a bunch of dudes from Washington State riding FXRs. I don't know, maybe they do. I don't know. I just haven't seen any plates from there, you know. But today at the at the FXR show, I saw Oregon, um, there's Iowa, plenty Minnesota. of California. Yeah, yeah, and it seems to be more of a Midwestern thing now, too. There's a dude with a South Carolina. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't have a front brake, and he was wearing flip-flops and like just kind of oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that dude was kind of a little sketchy leaving right, right, but yeah. other than that but i mean there's just lots of different stuff in there yeah. Yeah. you know it's not just all like you know top shelf big yeah. money bikes is yeah. what i'm trying to say Riders that's what's own. so good about that show too is you know their stock bikes like the one today uh robert jondal his fxrp you know it's oh, pretty yeah. much a stock bike with some with a thunderheader on it and some chrome show you know that and he uh I heard he sold it at he the did. show yeah, for a lot of money. Yeah, a guy in Japan, he sure did. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, there was two dudes from Japan. I wonder if it was one of the two dudes so. I was talking about. Kind of a shorter dude with long hair. I didn't see him, but he said he was hanging out at the show all day. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Go home with a pile of money yeah. from, from, from Sturgis, but then you got to build another bike. Mm -hmm. That's the cool thing about it, though. Do another one. Different, different ideas, man. They change every day. Even like building our choppers, you know, halfway through the build, you're like, oh, I don't like that. Scrap that idea and start all over again. You got to be willing to do that. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. yeah you built yeah. your orange bike the first time three times before it was done. You know, I have pictures in my phone of that thing with a regular front end on it, yep. different kind of a fairing on it, different kind of bars, not a powder coated frame. I think, I think you had a powder coated frame for a minute or still, it was still stock, the, the stock black. The one. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you think, just noticing today, there seem to be a lot more RPs, RTs. You think it's everything's going towards the popularity of the fairing and bags? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. definitely I think people are starting to ride the bike a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Miles you on. know, putting miles on them, and they want somewhere to stuff their shit. That one, that Nigel dude, the Frisco Barber guy, I mean, he had, like, the upper fairing and then fairing lowers with like little cubbies in it and stuff. And uh, I don't remember. Yeah, he had bags on that thing too. A full full set of bags. That was a nice bike. It was a nice bike. It's I a, was trying to, to, to differentiate between the guy that won and Nigel's bike. And I mean, I didn't do walk-arounds of both of them, but was there that much difference in the bikes? I, I don't know. I didn't really There were probably four. Check those out. I think there were four or five solid like contenders that were with the factory black and white harley davidson police paint job yeah and there were RPs, all, there was a bunch of rps there yeah but there was like four that had like that could have been confused for one another if they were parked in a row because they had like the the original like black and white paint yeah you know i mean I think it's kind of cool i i'm i'm struggling with what color scheme whether i should go down the road of something that looks like an rp paint job or do some I'm not a big panel guy, you know what I mean? It's just not my I like kind of sublime stuff as far as paint, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> Have you seen your bike lately? Right. Oh, the zany bike. I'm really like sublime. I just don't like a lot of color. 
<laughs> that was that was about? that was a goof. The paint job that's on that bike right now is a goof. I mean, you have it's a just, paint it's, shelf with like nine thousand colors on, it and it fell and broke and spilled on your bike. That's kind of what it looks like, right? <laughs> Rainbow bright. No, I mean it's it's a it's way different. But it, you're like I'm a solid color. Just I don't like a lot of colors. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Got 11 different colors on your bike. 11. Right. That's my favorite number that Cody uses. Right. doesn't matter what it is. It can be 10 or 12. Oh. It's 11. That just means a fuck ton. A oh, I know. Yeah, a oh. fuck ton. A fuck metric off. fuck ton. So don't say that bullshit anymore. I don't like color. I didn't. Well, I don't mean I don't like it. I'm just saying, like, if I'm going to do I'm something for myself. More of a monotone guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, monotone. Try to stay in those Easter colors. Right in the right in the, right between the lines. This year for Christmas, I feel like a real glutton. <laughs> so, what do you think, Paul? I'm just happy, man, hanging out with my friends, riding motorcycles. I'm glad you're here. I, I mean, too. I, I I did not put the connection together that we knew. I know. I until yesterday, and you're like, oh, I've met you before, and I'm like, oh, all you guys. Yeah, well, yeah, but I didn't put the connection together. I mean, I had my head up my ass a large amount of the time, so. Oh, when you lose 150 pounds, that changes something. Dude, are you? Is that a fat joke towards me? No, me. No, no, him. No, I, mean. I know. I'm. Too uh, no, okay. <laughs> picking on a fat guy right away. No, you Come didn't on. lose 150 nah, pounds. You probably put on it on. Guy, this guy's <laughs> like, you don't really look like a salad guy to me, Cody. <laughs> 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 Stay now, nah, did you get uh, yeah. any of that pudding? <laughs> yeah. They have pudding up there, a whole bowl of it. Yeah. Have y'all seen the, the picture of me on my FXR in front of the Buffalo chip? I told Jason, I was like, should do a meme that says. First pregnant woman wins Dinah show. Yeah, LBGTQ, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> Look like a fucking pregnant woman sitting on that fucking motorcycle. <laughs> Those heavy duty standard shocks? I'm like, they're super heavy duty. Yeah, the legend, the custom made legend yeah. for me. What? Big Which pussy? One? Oh, today? I got a compliment on those glasses today. I think they look great. Yeah, dude. Ever, I was getting, I was, I was feeling a, a little weird last night. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Uh, fucking, Holt was like, man, those look badass, dude. So he's either zooming me yeah. or whatever. He's like, looks good on you though. No, <laughs> like Rodney cool. Dangerfield. I mean, uh, I think they look real mobster on you. Right. Uh, they're comfortable. It's like it's like having two windshields that you're looking at, like I'm a Winnebago, dude. They're that fucking big, but they, I mean, it's fucking. <laughs> it keeps the wind off my face. Right, right. <laughs> it's like your, a fold down helmet shield. With your subtle paint job. You know what? You want to hear something? <laughs> <laughs> when you just said, when you just said you lost 150 pounds. Yeah. I remember you now when you had yeah, when you still dude, had that. Man. Yeah. Yep. Like I'm another person. Anybody else getting a whiff every once in a while from that stream down there? Do you it's don't smell not, that? It's not the stream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Close your legs, yeah. James. James Creek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you eat? <laughs> yeah. Is that super duper cool? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Cat Williams said. Yeah. Y'all ever smoked death? <laughs> Oh my God! Super Chronic Creek tonight. Oh! oh, he needs oh. some milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh God! See, see what? <laughs> Your cans? No. <laughs> Tighten test, it up. Test, test. <laughs> <laughs> testing, testing. 
We're only 35 minutes in. Let's pick this up. <laughs> Let's get it going here. Where the fuck you got to go to bed? <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I want to. We got to get it. Okay. I don't mean speed up. I mean, talk more. <laughs> well, you're so, doing a lot of it, so. I'm trying. You're I'm doing, trying to. You're doing good. I'm trying it's to. your podcast. It. You're the host. <laughs> this Ask is a, a fucking question. Well, I don't. I, we're just kind of just relaxed a little bit right now. So then why are you trying to speed us up? I'm not trying to speed up. You said talk more. I said we're only yeah, I feel like I'm under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. What does what all mean? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Just kick her out. Brad's already told me to shut up. <laughs> well, I was fixing to. I'm glad he did. <laughs> hey, I didn't see those dudes there, the FXR division. Were those guys here? Are those guys here? I saw one or two guys walking around. Yeah. Because I saw Tony from Ramjet, and then he had one of his dudes there. That's some big dude. I was the FXR division representative today. I had those bars on my bike. Are those? I don't know why I kept thinking those are Torch Industries. No? Stupid, I guess. I don't know. Did you have Torch Industry bars ever? Yes. They were on the Road King. Right? No. No. Oh, well, that's all I got. Those Road King bars were a little evil. but they, They were called dive bars, but they only made them like... One year and then never again. Hmm. I had some torch bars that were ape hangers, though. Okay. I, were those ones you were... You had those a set split of... split angle tees I had today. Yeah. And then I had another set of, like, 16-inch... Same bars Danny G runs on all those road guys, those OG pullbacks or whatever. The bars that are on the white bike that, that you had today... And those are FXR division, split angle. Okay, tees. were those on... The orange bike before when you were mocking it up were those ever on that orange bike possibly okay then that's where i've seen them before i just know you had them for you had them for a minute cody does that cody will be like fucking i'm buying 90 different things and then you go to his house and he's got 90 different things on the wall and like you're not getting he's like nah dog I'm, I'm not and we, we're gonna use these <laughs> i got enough boosted brad Dude, parts i could open my own small boosted brad, boosted like, a, brad. Like, a, like a micro like franchise in the mall in the, the side, of, like a kiosk. middle of the he's mall got a death metal ra- a death metal racing kiosk in the abilene mall <laughs> from the sounds short. of what you said the abilene mall was pretty Pretty aired out. You could probably get a good deal on a kiosk there now during the COVID. You having a COVID sale on Boosted Brad Parts in Abilene at the mall. I don't really want to get rid of any of it. That's funny. When I went to a, when I went to a shop the first time in 2016, it was like I opened this fridge. It was full of shovelhead parts. I opened this freezer full of more. In, another one full. Of, it wasn't turned on. But it was like one of them old school refrigerator yeah. freezer deals. Kristen, you should know by now. I win so many shows. I keep my parts cold. <laughs> Oh god, dude! He had a and he had a room with like shelves all the way around it that just it, he has so much shit. It is shit. It literally, I have a dude, ton of he has a bullshit. ton of shit, ton of shit. I'm gonna spend more time trying to sell it. I'd be better off putting it in a dumpster, not Brad stuff, but some of the other shit I got. I'm, do we started selling off all the? Do you go? What do you guys do with all your cylinders and stuff? You just bore them and keep them as like an exchange. Yeah, SNS does make some of our uh, extreme duty cylinders, but we do factory board cylinders, especially with the guys with like the blonde motors. They don't want to do a black and highlighted fin, so we'll just machine their stuff, you know, their heads and their cylinders and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, we don't keep much because now that the older twin cams are getting so old and crusty, and guys don't keep up with them, I'm not sending some guy some clapped out cylinders on a bike with like two thousand miles. 
Gotcha. So we'd risk rather do extreme duty cylinders. So you just do like an aftermarket deal? And SNS makes those for fuel moto? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. common knowledge. It's You're not yeah. talking about a school no. or anything like that stuff. No, I mean. Do they say SNS on them or do they say no, fuel moto? We pay money to have them say the FM on them. Okay. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's big money and we get tons and tons of sets from them. Yeah, but you guys, I mean, you guys have an engine program. So right. if you go to your shop, you're getting a wire X, Y, or Z, right? Yep. So there's like a process. Someone comes in, it's just the average dude comes into your shop and they've heard about fuel moto and they've got, mm-hmm. let's say they've got a, an M8. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's your stage one or your stage two? Where are you going? Are you guys going with that? Biggest thing on an M8 is you got to have the proper exhaust. If you have bad exhaust, it's just going to make the bike fall on its face. Uh, <clears throat> and we're very sensitive on what we want. You know, we want to get you a package for your riding style. Whether you're a guy who's bebopping around a two grand, three grand, or you're bouncing off the rev limiter like me, we cater to the guy's bike and riding style. That's the biggest thing. Everyone wants big, big parts, but if you're not riding in that RPM, the bike's going to be a turd. We're, so is there a production exhaust that you you go to, or is everything... Yep. We really like our exhaust, our header pipe, our 212. It works like a two into one and like a tight muffler. SNS Grand Nationals, SNS MK45s, both of our fuel moto mufflers, not because we make them, it's because we had to redesign them when the M8 came out because we realized how sensitive so they were. So, what makes the M8 more sensitive than, say, a twin cam to the heads? The, the four valves per cylinder, the single cam in it, everything you think you know about a twin cam, throw it in the garbage with an M8. Completely different. Really? Yes, sir. So are you using a larger diameter, or is it a multiple different diameter, like a step-type header? Nope. On the uh, M8, we have our he- uh, 212, so it's got a merge collector, so it scavenges really good. Um, it's an uh, inch and three-quarter from the head to the merge collector, and then it goes back out inch and three-quarter, except on the right side you got the two-and-a-half for the M8 mufflers because they got two different sizes. Right. So the M8 is like an open head pipe, but they like a tight, tight, tight muffler. So a louvered wrap baffle, no baffle bigger than two and a quarter, is going to give you that best two to 4,000 RPM torque. No shit. See, Definitely. I would have thought a bigger, mo- I mean, you know, I'm yeah. thinking bigger motor, just fucking air it out. No, we build 160 horse with our head pipe and our tight muffler. It seems like there's a lot of people that almost, it, I'm not saying that it falls into it by accident, because if you buy a kit from SNS or you're buying a kit from, um, What's motor which is com- leading edge performance? There's uh, I don't know if Revolution has a kid or not. You guys obviously have do. a kid, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not. It, it's it seems like it's just a happy accident that that thing makes as much power that it does. But mm-hmm. I think four valves per cylinder. Obviously, the efficacy of that of that setup is is what the key is, right? It's awesome. small, small, smaller valve, but more yeah. valves, yeah. right? So you're increasing yeah. the velocity. the velocity. Yeah. See, so it it kind of cheats it. You know, from back in our our five O days, you could port a cylinder head, and even though it's a bigger it's a bigger port with bigger valves, it doesn't it'll show more air on a flow bench. Right. But it, you can't measure efficiency on a flow bench. Right. I mean, right. You, need a, you need like a, a a wet flow bench to do that. Like. Right. The biggest <clears> thing for us is the guys who call us typically, they ride that. between two and thirty five hundred. Okay. So they want torque. They might think they want horsepower. They're not over five grand. Well, They're isn't r- isn't there a theory theorem that's out there? Like, I mean, I'm I'm a, torque to me is the only real measurable number. Horsepower kind of just happens at fifty two, fifty two, right? Right. Or fifty two, fifty. Yep. 
whatever the yep. where they intersect on. Uh, exactly. If you look at any wind pep dyno yep. sheet, you're going to see at 5250 the torque and horsepower they mm -hmm. they intercede there, yep. right? Every single so one. horsepower, like real engine guys that I know, torque's the number they're looking for all the time. You know, torque's how what do, what do they say? Like horsepower is how fast you hit the wall, and torque is how far you move it, right? How far you go through it. Yep. Yeah. And we always like to do torque coming out of the hole real heavy, nice flat torque curve because that's fun to ride. And right. Then, you know, four or five. And you don't have to downshift to try to, to try to pass somebody. Right, right, right. And most guys aren't flogging their motor at five grand. They're shifting at three. They think they're really getting after it, which is not very much on M8. No, an M8. I, I always equated M8. The the power difference between that and a twin cam seemed like uh, the difference between a small block. And a big block, oh, like absolutely. a small block Chevy yep. and a big block Chevy or something yep. like that. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, these inmates, they like RPM. I mean, even on a stock bike, nothing done to it. Thirty-five to 4,500, we like to tell guys to shift at. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, you're supporting good times. I thought maybe, you know, another JMO engineer. <laughs> yeah, make some good times. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Cody. Let me ask you this. Uh, <laughs> hey, here you go. Let me ask you this. Um so fueling makes an oil pump for the M8. Yes, sir. Yep. The factory fuel pump is or is not is is not adequate. Oil pump. The oil pump. Yeah, I'm sorry. What did I say? Fuel pump. Oh, fuel pump. I'm talking the oil yep, pump. Yep. Yep. Uh, we use fueling. Uh, the Harley 2020 version is supposed to be really good now. It's got an eight lobe uh, gear on it and everything. We put a couple in it. But I think the biggest problem is when guys do a cam job, big bore kit. When they take the oil pump cam plate out. They don't properly know how to align it on the pinion shaft, which is very crucial. If you don't align it properly, the thing will sump. It'll it, fill up the whole cam chest with oil. And that's that's the whole make sure it snaps into the O-ring, yep. put the put the put the plate on with the loosen the kind of the, the yep. bolts on the yep, oil on pump, the run oil it pump. over, you know, run the motor over yep. three times in gear. Yep. Thank you. And so uh what is what's a good run out number on, on an M eight? What are you guys seeing? Most I've seen on an M eight is about four and a half thousand. And what's what's like? Where's the where's the limit? At fuel moto, if you're seven or more, we don't do anything to your bike. It goes back together. Okay, so seven. That's what. Where are you guys at on like on a twin cam? Same on twin cam. Seven or more. We Seven's actually do. more than what I thought because I just did a, uh, I did a cam, a week ago and it was like just over four thousands. Yeah, that's tight. So. And Har and Harley spec is six to twelve. Yeah, well, I thought I thought the early twin cams too. They were actually kind of flubbing it, and letting it go to fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I would never do a build on something like that. I mean, even at seven, that's a little sketchy, especially if you want something big, like one of our, let's say, one hundred seven outlaw or one ten outlaw. I mean, them things are eleven to one. Um, I wouldn't be putting a big motor like that to man's RPM with seven eight thousand crank run. What do you guys do? You guys do gear to gear stuff? Do you do a lot of gear to gear stuff? We don't, because typically most bikes that come in when I check run out, it's well over three. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not a gear to gear guy, anyways. I in 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 the car deal, if you use like a Pete Jackson gear drive, oh, yeah. it's parasitic. I mean, yeah. you lose power. They say you yeah. lose power from that. Yeah, I mean, we build a lot of motors that are 140, 150, 60 horse with chain drive cams. I don't know why a guy would want to go to gear. Right? Do you use factory tensioners or using the SNS tensioners? Okay. Yeah. What's the story with plate. the uh, the rocker the rocker support plate? Isn't there a big, like you got to be really really critical putting that Mac on? Are we talking about M8s? Yes, sir. 
biggest thing is with MAs, I think people are always in a rush and they don't get it on their square, and then they crank it tight and it'll break one. That's what I've heard. I've heard there's been a lot of them break. Yeah. And then are there other are uh, lifter retainers, plastic in the M8s? Yes, sir. Yeah, you yep. use, I you use the SNS like ones. Yep. Does Feeling make one yet? Or? I don't know if Feeling does. We use the SNS. The biggest thing with that, we have a lot of guys calling too. They'll break the bolt off into the case all the time. They don't heat the bolt up. You got to heat that bolt up from Harley. Really? It's either a heat gun or a map gun. Really? Oh, to take it off? Oh, yeah. The take I've never had one break. Really? Never. Oh, dude, I get calls all the time. Guys are like, Cranking them loose, boom, bust, bust the bolt all the time. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. I, I know absolutely nothing about an M8. I've not ridden one. I, I don't know anything yeah. about. I haven't really. I, I I'm afraid to because if I ride one, yeah, I know you're going to be, in, be, be like dead again, and I'm, I'm going <laughs> to own a bike. So. Right. They're nice. They're really receptive. I'm I'm very I'm very reticent that I got rid of my road glide because that was a. It was just for me. It's too big of a bike to ride around town the way i like to ride around i'm just i'm not gonna get on a motor i'm never gonna i can't see myself getting on a stock motorcycle packing it full of stuff and doing like what daniel does driving across the country it's just i don't have the time right that's fun you know what i mean like I, people all the time are talking well you're not riding to sturgis well no if i'm gonna ride to sturgis that's a four day or three day ride which i take three or four days anyways because i meet up with cody but when I get here on a motorcycle, I'm, I would be fucking ass tired. I wouldn't want to ride it while I was here. You know what I mean? Right. I, this is when we come to Sturgis. This is this is like a high school reunion for me. This isn't, yeah. you know, we're doing we're doing this. Obviously, we do business. We do the the shows. Um, I you know reconnect with old friends, yeah. make new ones. You know, that's that's kind of what this is, what Sturgis is for me. You know, watch Cody win shows. Right. You know, yeah. and then every every other year you you win right. a show too. It's the same show. It's all rigged. So, I mean, honestly, you guys is, for the is last this, is this year eight, right? This was year eight for the FXR Dyna show, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So between the two of us, we've won the di- you won the FXR show four times between the two of you, because right. you won it twice, right? Yeah. He and won then he won the Dyna. He won in the Dyna class. You did. I won in the Dyna class. I, won, I come in second one year. Yeah. Was first loser. That's so fucking. That's fucked up. I've never won a bike show ever. Nope, never. Never. I've never. That's never been. I've never. You, you I've never gotten the, a project. You don't have the patience. I know. I don't have. You don't have, you don't have the fucking. patience. What'd you say? Who's? It won best of paint. Whoo! <laughs> <sighs> shots fired. Yeah, I like that's my, no. I. <laughs> I would totally rip that bike, dude. I would have ripped that thing all over the place. <laughs> no, he he has. I mean, it's it's different. It's cool. Yeah, it's, like just, it. it's it's just a goof. I just want to you know. If, if nobody else likes it, I mean, a lot bike, of times dude. you I, did something right. Yeah, I I yeah. I inscribed right. everybody about this bike because they may not know. So it's, if you like Swatch, yeah, I would or, or fossil watches like or is it Swatch <laughs> Swatch watch? Yeah, Swatch and Swatch, Rainbow, right? Yeah. Well, no, it looks like a swatch watch. To be honest with you, to be fair, and what happened was my painter owed me a paint job, and fucked. I knew I was never gonna—I <laughs> just knew I was never gonna collect. He still owes you a paint job, right? <laughs> and I told him just job. just do this, and we're square. And I just wanted something just kind of fucking weird off the hook. I think you've described it best with Zany. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put a big stove in that thing, and I'd do hood rat shit with my hood rat friends. That's what I would do. With that. There you go. <laughs> But you know, a lot it's of people fun. I like, like that the bike. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy yeah. riding that motorcycle more than I enjoy riding like my Dyna. My yeah. Dyna gets over ninety miles an the, hour, and it's just like nah, all over the fucking road. I'm like, what is the, going the on? The other problem is, is you're talking about not winning shows. You've never even no, I've tried. made I an tried. attempt. No, I know, I know. You're you're too impatient. Uh yeah, 
mostly. <laughs> You're like, yeah, man, show's coming. I got three days. I'm gonna try to throw something. Yeah, I mean, you can't fucking do that. Like, Mike Spike. Mike Spike is a is more than an attempt. You know how many days you put that bike together in? About two weeks, if that. Yeah. So I mean, you gotta have some patience. I know. It's I mean, Brad has a, a bike that he's building right now that he probably could have rushed and done a bunch of weird shit too and got it here but he he'd rather wait a year and i get come it. back next year and i mean he'll probably win the show next year i don't think that 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 i i don't see i don't see that being what i'm gonna do at all i just don't even see it like showing up on my radar i don't think like that like you guys do like you guys are like every nut and bolt and that and i like details netting what is that what nut are, and bolt and that netting. and that and that you said natin i didn't know what that was <laughs> did i say natin can we back up the tape i haven't put any natin on any of my bikes <laughs> there's no secret sauce i meant right. this and that or whatever natin that's a natin. Natin. if you natin. put this and that on your bike that's natin i'm just not putting any that's natin a great word natin, natin. <laughs> bike's got a lot of natin <laughs> benjamin yet nahu <laughs> netanyahu not uh-huh what what? what was that? What did you just go, Nat? <laughs> you said Natin. Oh, you just went like this. You were just like, Nat. I thought I said something that I was like, okay. <laughs> 52 minutes in, I better fucking go into when I'm When I'm editing this one, I need to, like, scroll forward to 52 minutes to see what I show my ass. Hey, at least bit. we've made it 52 minutes. Yeah, I know. Last time you were like, ah, we're done. I'm not recording anymore. You let us talking in the mic for another fucking hour. And like, yeah, I stopped recording in about a minute 12. I, I have that, that it's somewhere around that, that little memory stick. I'm sure it's yeah. gold. I'm sure it's gold. It'll you probably just delete it all. Yeah. Well, no, I'll listen to it at some point in time. Just to amuse yourself. Yeah. Here comes cans. Oh, God. <laughs> Whoa. <Take it> down. <laughs> What is, what is she, what is she drinking? What's that? Everclear? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't mean. I don't mean. Just. I don't. He's right. I don't have. I don't. I don't. I don't sit down with the patience and and plan that project out like that. I know what I want. My thing is, is I get going on something, and when I run out of enthusiasm, money, or ideas, I just stop and I park it and I come back to it. And I mean, I don't do think it, there's though. anything wrong with that. No, absolutely no, not. not but, at all. But, but I have you, the patience. You push yourself to. Yeah, but but I have you push yourself to have a de- too. Uh, like mm-hmm. I'm of a deadline. I'll, I'll redo something Ten five times. times. Yeah. I just don't. I have the patience of like. I don't like that. I'm, I'm gonna redo it. I'll wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Or order more parts or change something eleventh hour because he sees, it, you know, both of you guys. When you guys, both of your bikes are fucking every little fucking piece of it is well thought out. You know, I mean, that's what it takes to win it. I, I, I wish Honestly. I thought another way. I just don't. I just don't think. Well, you wouldn't. We wouldn't be having this conversation about it if you did. <laughs> it's a trick, right? I mean, for me, on a on a motorcycle that wins a show, there's got to be some tricks on it, mm-hmm. where it looks simple, but it's really not. It looks like a, a store bought part, but it's modified to a degree so that it works with that project infinitely. And it's not going to fit on another bike. Both of the bikes that that we're talking about are are in that space. Even that FXRP that won today yes. wasn't bone stock. No, it was attention to there, detail. Yeah, I attention to detail, and there was tricks on it. To the average guy not knowing a lot about them, he'd walk up thinking it's just a stock, stock bike with a RP, pipe on it. But yeah. you know, somebody that knows. But at that show, when you have those 
people that are maniacal about details like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, picking up a, the, the couple things that I picked up on it was it looked they had a factory heel toe shifter on it with factory rubbers. It looked like they were just taken out of the package. That bike had that new car smell to it. You know what I mean? Like when, when it rolled by, like all the rubbers on it were all proper Harley Davidson rubbers for the foot pedals. Yep. And they were fucking brand new. Yeah. You know? That's what he does it every time. Every time. Who's that guy? Uh, Bob Jondal, Robert Jondal. Does he have a shop? No, just a little garage uh, shop. But I, he's a, I think he's a full-time, fully certified Toyota Tech or something. He works at a, you know, he's a service manager or something at a dealership. And uh, he's very good at what he does. It's super, super detailed. Is he on Instagram? Yeah. What is what? Do you know what his uh, his screen uh, name is? Changes so it if anybody all wants the time. to wants to follow him. And right now, let's see. Yeah, that bike was super meticulous for sure. Um, it's underscore five one five B two. Huh. That's kind of binary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he like, hey, super don't cool. find me. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's super. It's probably a private, like you know, request, yeah, right. whatever. But no, it was it was a it was really a cool bike. I like. I've talked about this before with you a lot. Is that I like a factory hot rod. Yeah, those are my favorite muscle cars. Like you mm-hmm. know, no radio from the factory, no air from the factory, no power steering, no power brakes, rubber floor mat, four speed, big block, something like that. Some of these bikes that these guys are building. Are 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 that kind of bike to me? Yeah, you know, and those are the, when I say I like sublime stuff, like I do. I mean, I really do like sublime stuff. Think things that are pretty plain. Yeah, on certain things, there's certain things I want fucking you know to, to be outlandish, but there's certain things that I like to be. I think any of the FXRs with fairings, RTs, RPs, RDs. Yeah, if they don't have some semblance of a stock paint job, I think they lose. What people are after on that particular yeah, I mean, kind of even on just FXRs in general, like yeah, the stock like, paint stuff. That's you know, it's especially exactly if you go like fairings and stuff. bags though, like with one of those RTs or, or anything with a panel job, right? It's which I love panel jobs. I mean, yeah. I, and I do, but when you when you do the fairing and the bags, and I think it gets Too it takes away from what the yeah. purist, the FXR purist really. And I don't have like. to be a purist in in any way, shape, or form. I'm not, but I, mean, I'm I can, not. but I can re- appreciate right. The way they did it, there's a reason yeah. why those bikes are have the cult following that they do, and there's people that are willing to put. I mean, you've put t- obviously put tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars behind your product line to develop a line of products that are specifically to serve those needs. I mean, right. no offense, don't take this the wrong way, but I can't. I'm trying to visualize like a set of your 12 inch destroyer risers on a chopper. I don't see them, but on anything that's like a factory bike like the factory hot rod kind of right. deal they work yeah right i mean they yeah. do i was looking at those 12 inch destroyer risers saying like i've i've never paid attention to that display you have i'm like that's a lot of yeah. aluminum yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, like ma- like legit material there to make that set of risers that's a lot of that's a yeah. lot of you're wasting a lot not wasting but wasting a lot of like yeah. material that you're removing from that part to get Right. Get that part, and that's why they cost what they cost. Yeah, I'm really yeah. bummed I didn't win those in the raffle. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the four ARP bolts. I thought we're having a raffle here in the that. house, right? You know. Didn't I agree. Do it. <laughs> I agree. Say that again. What? Just the four 
for AR Prey bolts on it. Them are thirty bucks. Yeah, people don't realize. Yeah, they don't that. realize them. Just one you know? bolt's like seven bucks. Yeah. 12, have you looked 12 at twelve point or stay home? Yeah, yeah. Have right. you looked at uh, Have you looked at having an ARP? Like you have to spend over fifty thousand dollars them for initial order. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I, I looked at. They have like you can buy the the drawer sets. Dude, you can spend some flipping oh, yeah. money having and I think if I ever won the lotto, that'd be one of the first things <laughs> I bought for my shop. Be like, why, no, no, why, be, why ARP versus diamond? Oh, I don't have it. I, I actually prefer the diamond stuff for what we're doing. But on that FXR out there, I did all ARP because they're branded and they're to me that's like old race car oh, shit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, if you were gonna buy your mains, you got big ARP studs. Diamond your engineering, studs. if you're listening, I'm on your team. You're not going to get anything free from them. We've established this. You've spent more money than anybody I know at Diamond <laughs> Engineering. And there's like, how do you know I haven't received any free shit? Oh, yeah. Maybe a T-shirt or something, right? Why are you pointing at me? No, I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I, I would know if somebody gave him something free. But yo, dog, check it out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Speaking of free stuff, um... Feel free to try out one of my, my sponsors' uh, hair care products from Fix Your Lid. Oh, cool. They're my new sponsor, so if you Daniel, want to you grab should some, try Daniel, it. you should try yeah. some of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could flat iron your ball hair and put some pomade <laughs> in it. <laughs> so we do have that, 16, that 20, 16, 20 toboggans for you. Did you say ball hair? Ball hairs? <laughs> flat iron your ball hair? Put a, put a little bit of testes. Oh, put your you like co comb some of that fiber from. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> the Helen Wheels Garage Podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Nair, <laughs> Manscaped, Manscaped, Razors. Right. Yeah, the Lawnmower 2.0. Right. Get rid of Sasquatch. <laughs> Huh? What do you mean regular like hair? Girl hair? I don't know. I don't have any girl hair. <laughs> You're more than welcome to try it. The one all the way to the the left is extreme hold. You'd probably like that. You try some of that if you want. I use a heavyweight pomade. Do you? Who? What brand do you use? J S Alone. Who? J S Alone. Have you heard of that? I use Layright. Yeah, well, like, I you, tried you that. need I to try some fix it. your lid. Yeah, I'm sponsoring exclusively by Lay Right, so that's what you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's I'm really not. Be, you're about to be officially sponsored by Fix Your Lid because I'm gonna. I got a. I got a little care package for you to go there. No, I, the, the stuff all the way to the left is it's got more hold than like a Lay Right does, and it washes out just is it like water it. Water or oil based? It's water based. Oh, that's what I like. Yeah, it washes out. So they got beard balm. Uh, they, I think they do sell some of that, but I don't have a beard. So I, they sent me, they sent me all those samples up there. So oh, once you hit puberty, to... you'll have one. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably grow one in a By the time the days. podcast was yeah, over. Yeah. If I really tried to grow a beard. Be all mangy. But no, I, I can't, I can't rock the beard. I look like I should be selling Bic lighters behind bulletproof glass. Bro. Bro, is that your Camaro out there? It's great. I love your Camaro. Bro, fucking Borat. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, we're a multilingual podcast here tonight. No habla inglés. No habla. Touching my car, I see. Hey, creeper. Creeper. Hey, creeper. Tomorrow's a V-Twin Visionary show. Think yeah. the same bikes will be there? I think different bikes. I think there's going to be some more. 
the same stuff, but a lot of new stuff also. What do you think? So, so do you think there's people who didn't go to that show today? There were other places, or I mean, the oh, FXR yeah. shows. I mean, to me, that's like that's what kind of. I don't feel like Jeff's show is an offshoot of that, right? But I definitely think it's considered in the same community. You know what I mean? I don't right. think he's like piggybacking off of it. What I'm saying, Jeff's got his own following. <laughs> But I think that it's what's the difference in the in in the attendees there? Well, you'll have the performance, you know, bagger guys, the new soft tails. You know, it's all kind of geared around performance. Yeah, Better okay. Handling, You're going to lose power. most of the stock RPs, RTs, yeah. stock FXRs, you know, which the FXR show brings in every fucking FXR that's around yeah. from from clapped out to <laughs> as we as we saw right. today, from, right? From, from clapped yeah. out to pimped out. I mean, you get, you get <laughs> from clapped out. That could be your slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down to Whoville from clapped out to pimped out. I got you taken care of. You are the winner. Winning. Winning. Doing nothing but winning. Can we talk about, uh, let's talk about Harley real quick. Why? I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Fuck, nobody knows what they're doing. Did you read any of the stuff, though, that was on, like, the Business Insider and all that? I know that? they're cutting some models. They're getting rid of some models. or going to slow production even after the COVID stuff to try yeah. to bring the the value of, of Harley Davidson back up. But I mean, I, I, I feel like it's all smoke and mirrors all the time. Like always trying to Jedi mind trick a motherfucker into buying something. Well, the difference being that dealers don't have bikes. I mean, dealers have bikes that they already had, but they're not getting any new ones. I mean, he said well, I was, on, on the business insider thing, he said that we're not, you're, we've already, we're, we're ceasing production for the year. Like they're, they're wrapping things up. Like get it wrapped up, and and when it, when they do ramp back up, they're going to slow it down, and then from what I understand is is as a dealer, if when the allocations or you're able to order, if you have not sold sixty percent of your inventory, you won't even be able to allow to order. So if you have sixty percent of your inventory left, you won't be you won't be allocated any bikes. So does that so shrink? Which, is that going to shrink the inventory overall, or is it going to shrink the number well, of dealers? My question was: so the dealers going to be okay? Well, I got to get rid of at least forty-one percent of my inventory, so I'm going to start discounting shit to do that. Right. And Harley said, "No, we're going to limit that too. We're going to look at MSR. What you're selling bikes for, and if you're not selling them at, at MSRP, we'll I didn't also, hear that. So also, this comes from I'm listening. No, I know, I know where it's coming from. I didn't hear that. That's Interesting that information. They, would they were going to monitor the sales, which is bullshit because, like, in the, the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there's one guy that has nine stores who I don't know how many bikes a year he sells. You think they're going to tell that guy um, you can't sell your bikes below MSRP or we're not going to send you any bikes? That's the that's what I'm getting at. That's the question. They're not going to do that. I feel like they've created their own, their own monster, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got these guys. First off, I feel like Harley fucked off. The guys that were motorcycle guys, when I was they a kid, have been for years. Yeah, but when when I was a kid, uh, when I was a kid, they had um, Jake's Harley Davidson, right? Was I mean, it was basically like a shop like your or mine that that sold Harley brand new Harley Davidsons, right? right? It was almost like an aftermarket shop, yeah. right? Yep. And then then they built these big Taj Mahals. People started making a lot of money, so they're building these big dealerships where they're selling more. Branded poker chips and yeah, dart seats. boards and toilet seats. And you mm -hmm. could get, you know, I'm, I bought into it. Everybody bought into it a little bit, you know, when you got your first Harley. It was it was fun to go down to the dealership and 
right. buy a fucking shirt that said, you know, whatever, Kent's Harley-Davidson Abilene, you know, Motor City Harley-Davidson for me. I don't know what your Harley store is by you, but you get you get what I'm mm-hmm. what yeah. I'm getting at, right? Well, then they started getting now they're attracting they want to get car guys into the business in the last ten years. So they're going to guys that are super successful in the car business, getting them to invest in, in having dealerships, but they're not letting them run them like car dealerships. Yeah. You were in the car business a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm so yeah. Yeah, but so and so you are know you. Why they want guys with, that are in that business to be involved. They want people with money. No one wants to see the franchise <laughs> fail, so they need people with uh, an exorbitant amount of money. They're not they're not going to sell a franchise to somebody that's like, "Fuck, I hope I can make the payment this month." No, I mean, that's looking, part of the problem, right? Is they're right. pandering to exactly. a group of people that they know they can ma- not manipulate, but they're not making. I don't think they make enough money at a Harley dealership for it to be worth them to not just do what Harley says. And let me let me let me explain this to you. I don't know if where you guys if you guys use any Harley parts at Fuel Moto or not. No, very little. Okay. Cuz they spend, won't sell to us. Right. Well, we spend we spend probably Which is total fucking bullshit. Yeah. We probably spend $10,000, 5 to $10,000 a year at the Harley store just at our little shop, right? That's a pretty at the parts counter. That's a that's a pretty fair amount of money. We're pretty consistent at ordering stuff, right? Well, when I worked in the car business, you had jobber accounts. And the, the successful car dealerships that I worked at had a parts manager that understood that and had a van, and they would sell parts and deliver them to all the other Ford stores around the area, right? right. Well, Harley won't even let me buy more than this, the, like more than a case of oil at a time yeah. and those types of things. Throw out a number that you think. How much money do you think Harley Davidson has cost themselves over the last? Let's just go back to two thousand. Just let's just say twenty years because we were doing chopper stuff. And mm-hmm. how much money do you think Harley Davidson's cost themselves not allowing aftermarket or independent dealers to purchase their parts? Or you, I mean, instead of instead I'll of going you. to the dealer and saying, "Hey, you know what? I need a brake light switch, or I need this, or I need that," and and they fuck all the independent guys off because they don't like them. How much money do you think they cost themselves? Thousands uh, and thousands. Probably, I don't I say probably I almost say it's, it's not even in it's the, not even metric. I mean, it's, it's probably not even in the millions. Oh, oh easily millions. And no, millions easily of dollars yeah. a year. Yeah, let me tell and you. They fuck their. They, if it wasn't for, do you think Harley Davidson would be be where they're at without aftermarket, no independent dealers doing the shit they do? No, I feel like uh, you know Apple can roll out the new iPhone when it's not perfect yet because they know that everyone, not everyone's going to buy one. But everyone's going to buy one. You're not going to maybe buy one okay. for yourself, but you're going to buy one for your 14-year-old yeah. daughter who's going to get the iPhone 13 when it comes out, and you'll just keep the 10 because all you do is Instagram and email, right? Mm-hmm. So, But the, your daughter doesn't know that the iPhone 13 does, is clunky and doesn't fucking work. And so they roll it out they in, a, in kind of a beta situation, and then we use it until we give them enough problems and enough feedback to fix the things that we're really using. I think Harley does to some yeah, but, degree. But it's been, a, it's been a fight. It's been, it's been a fight between all the dealers, the the independent shops and aftermarket dealers, and the people putting in all the fucking work to make Harley what it is. If I you're, mean, that, there's a large amount of people that go out and just buy stock street glide and, and ride around. You the own a dealership. If you own a Harley dealership, are you gonna? What are you gonna tell them when they tell you, listen, you can't sell to independent shops at a discount? I mean, you have two choices. You can either like it or leave it 
I mean, I, their franchise. I, I don't the, think we can speak on that really because we don't know for fact. Have you ever seen the franchise? The franchise agreement's out there. You can see it. Well, there's some papers out there that you can see. I, I get that, but I mean, I, I buy parts. You different. have a you have a very good relationship no, with your Harley dealership. I do. I fantastic, very, and it's very very rare. Is, the, the dealership should have control of what they're doing. If the dealership in your town or wherever you can buy from says, you know what. Jason does a lot of business here because me, I would prefer to buy every electrical piece that I could buy from a Harley dealership. Yeah, absolutely. Versus yeah. buying anything. No, I, I love drag, but I don't want to buy their electrical shit because no. I know where it's coming from. Yep. And every time I buy a brake light switch, it goes out. Mm-hmm. But if if I wanted to sell you because you were doing fifteen thousand dollars worth of business for me, right? If I wanted to give you a discount for doing that, whether it be, I mean, why would I not want you to sell oil in your store? That that's what I'm trying to say to you is I mean, that you know they should want me to sell more stuff. That's why they're in the position they're in. I, I think uh, it's yeah, much I agree. More than that. I think do you I have agree. a good relationship with your yeah, with I with do. your guys? Yeah, I do. I have a really good relationship. So can you without using numbers? Uh, I will tell you what I get, and so Harley offers a ten percent discount on parts to pretty much anybody who comes the Harley door, store by us at the parts counter. Pretty common to get a ten percent discount. I get the same goddamn discount. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think I get fifteen percent or something like that. Yeah, but but fifteen percent allows you to to mark it up a little bit, and yeah. you know, but they could sell it to you at thirty percent markup, and they'd have more parts. They would, it would reduce the overall cost of their investment of keeping parts around because they could make twice as many parts. Yeah, yeah. The 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 complaining that they do without actually saying anything about the aftermarket is it would go away to some degree. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy. I mean, maybe you guys wouldn't at Fuel Moto, but there's people that would use Harley pistons and Harley top end kits and Harley cams because there are aftermarket shops that do that. Well, but even Harley's saying, hey, like my local dealership, <laughs> I mean, they got to the point where like, if it's over 10 years old, we're not working on it. Yeah, same by so us. The, so I would get calls. Hey, they told me to call you because it's my bike's too old for them to work on. I'm like, okay, cool. So then I go to the dealership to buy parts to work on a Harley. They're like, well, we can't sell you those parts. I'm like, well, what the fuck? So you right. won't work on their bike, but you won't sell anybody else parts right. to work on their bike. Yeah. So how does that business model? How, I, but yeah, but I how does that business model bigger. work? I don't know. I just think it's all because it's corporate shareholder fucking greed. Yeah, but also it's everybody gets to spit in the suit. Riding now, kids are into phones. It's that's been a big problem. That's kind of why they're going toward these little electric bikes and everything else. There's just not as much interest in bikes. You know, I know when I was a kid. But do you think they Dude, priced, I didn't you know they a motherfucker market, under. Though? When I was 25, I didn't know. I knew one person that was my age that had a Harley. Right. I bought my first I know, bike at I probably 20, have 10 customers that are under the age of 30 that come in on a regular basis riding a Dyna. Yeah. But, but, but Harley's priced, I mean, everything year after year after year, they've gone up and up and up and up. I mean, it's just gotten... It's not sustainable for the average the average individual. Well, and I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to go to the Harley dealership and be like, oh yeah, we've got a you know a 13 Dyna here, and it's 15 or 16 grand, or the 13 Dyna on Craigslist for 6,500. Yeah. Right. You know, and so, I mean, it's all the manufacturers too. You know, motorcycling as a whole. You look at the the whole community, and it's gone down. I mean, as far as actual yeah, but, motorcycle sales. But how about Indian? I mean, Indian's market share has grown. 
But they, you know what? Indian is buying market share. Yep. They know they have to buy market share. It's they have deep pockets. Yeah. Polaris well, makes Harley look like a yeah. look yeah. punk with the amount of money right. they have, okay. and they build a good but, motorcycle. But why is that? Harley's been around how much longer than Polaris? Probably, it, well, Polaris came out in nineteen fifty. I think lines they have ATVs, UTVs, sure. four wheelers, snowmobiles. They have a bunch. Know, yeah. But Harley's also been around fifty years longer than they have. How many times they almost got a business? Well, I mean, that should probably that's a telltale sign too of maybe Harley should have changed their model. Right. Not Harley doesn't listen to anybody outside the, their their little confines. Oh, There's absolutely. been people for years trying to say, hey, you know what? Maybe you should try this, or maybe you should try this. And they're like, fuck that, we're not doing that. So then yeah. they say they're not going to do it. Then they go try to pinch somebody else that created a part yep. and then build a bike around it yep. at a cheaper level. hadn't worked. It's just funny, you know. I hear that about. People saying that, and I've said it also. And then you look back at the FXR, everybody hated an FXR yeah. when it come out. Hmm? And now look at it. Even road glides. Everyone hated them. Yeah. I've been riding Dude, I used to get a ration of shit. I had a 98 road glide. Yeah. I used to get a ration of shit for that. Oh, the yeah. brown and cream one? I had a peanut butter and jelly one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, you now know, you see a couple up. custom ones, and you're like, oh, that's a cool bike. And then when you actually ride one, they're just awesome. I think the I think the part for me that it, I feel like Harley has who they want to sell their motorcycles to is the upper echelon, mm -hmm. and who the people they should be listening to are the real guys that are out riding, putting riding in the work, and the aftermarket doing. Yeah, tweaking. But, the, but they it doesn't it doesn't fit their corporate mm -hmm. P and L sheet. Maybe I don't I don't yeah. know how to put that, but. You know, they they want to they want to market to the fifty year old that can ride a check for look how many CVO road glides. Look how many tri glides are out there. Yeah, tons. That's I can't believe how many fucking tri glides are out here, dude. Yeah. No, those people are dying off. Tri glides, tri glides, old ass, old ass fucking people I mean, driving those fucking yeah. things too. Yeah. And and there were some people that are a little younger. You know, Cam wants one for some fucking unknown reason. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know, um, but I, why? We we're, we can all sit here and talk all the shit we want to talk about Harley. We're going to keep buying them, whether used, new, whatever. I mean, but now everybody's yeah. talking about the motor. I mean, talking about how great it's the It's no NA different is. than talking about Coca-Cola. Rot your fucking stomach and <laughs> rot your teeth, but we're fucking mixing it up with some fucking whiskey in there. You know what I mean? I, they're, you're not wrong at all, but I don't think they're right. I think that there's, there's a better way to skin the cat, you know? I if I was buying a brand new bike right now, I would really like to have an you think Indian Harley would be in a better position if they didn't pay the CEO seventy five million dollars a year, maybe. I have a hard time with that. With that, I, I understand the logic behind it, but how how are you going to attract talent? You know, it, but to be fair, they've attracted talent and gotten fuck all yeah, from so it. Yeah, so you're saying talent? I mean, where's your where's the talent? What's well, the talent? Just, managing people. Um, because obviously it's not been managing the fucking company. We've been in shape there. Well, no, they're in, they're in a piss poor position. Yeah. So that talent didn't help. No. Um. Well, it maybe helped in one area and not in another, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it overall it didn't. It didn't. And somebody should say, "Hey, problem. we don't need twenty-seven Sportster models." They don't. They need four Sportster models. They need four soft tail models. Maybe five. Why do four they need dressers. four Sportster models? Yeah, well, yeah. Why? Why don't they? Need you got to have no. You got to have a twelve hundred and an eight eighty three in a two. custom. And then you got to have it in a low, so you have a twenty-one front, and then then you have the, you got to. I, I think you got to have the your basic entry level, 
Sportster that's not not everybody Why likes. Why at it. this point do they need an eight eighty three? Cafe credits. If anything, they need a seven fifty. You got to have cafe credits in order to sell sell bikes. In order to sell bikes in Abilene, you've got to be able to sell bikes in fucking California. You know, you've got to have a certain number. You can't just produce. Mo- and I don't know what the number is anymore. I used to, you know, when we did. Why the, do they need an eight eighty three in California? Because it's easier to pass emissions with a smaller bike. That's why a 95-inch kit was so popular at the dealership. Mm-hmm. What I was told, that when the 88 came out, they wanted it to be a 95-inch, but they couldn't pass emissions yeah, from the factory. Yeah. Yep. But the heads on a twin cam are designed for a 95-inch, so it was a real easy sell to do it at the dealership. Yep. But you go to the dealership now, and this has happened to two people that have come into my shop and told me, look, this just happened to me. This is bizarre. They buy a brand-new motorcycle. At Lakeland Harley Davidson, and I don't mind putting them on blast because I don't I don't care for the owner. That the guy was taking delivery of his motorcycle. And you know how they do that walk around where they walk you, they introduce you to somebody in service, they introduce yeah. you to somebody in yeah, parts, right? Or yeah, and they get you kind of involved. You ring that dumbbell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, they were at the counter at the parts counter, and the guy who's buying the counter that's a parts salesman is trying to make a sale on like. Uh, I think it was an air cleaner and an exhaust kind of deal. You know, it wasn't even like going into the motor for cams or anything. And the guy from Harley says, if you do that, we're going to void your warranty. We're going to flag your VIN and void your warranty. And they are flagging VINs. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the time. Like crazy. Yeah. So you go, you're on vacation here in Sturgis. But if you do that, if you get the if you get the improvements done or the upgrades done at the dealership and finance it at the time of purchase, it won't void your warranty. No, that's not what the guy said at Lakeland Harley Davidson. The factory rep was there and told him that will void your warranty. Even Screaming Eagle Parts. I was yes, told sir. if you that did it at time true. of purchase, it wouldn't void your warranty. Well, that's what I was told at my dealership. Well, that there's the therein lies the problem. Dealerships also tell people you have to get your first oil change. I was told when I bought my brand new Harley Davidson, that is against the law. That's called a tie-in sales provision, and it has been against the law since 1975 when the Magnuson-Moss Act was put into law. That's against the law. You cannot tell somebody what kind of oil they have to put in their bike. You can't tell them what kind of spark plugs they have to use. I mean, it's goes. It's the same thing. The law was written when um, the Magnuson-Moss was uh, going after John Deere tractors, okay? But that law applies across the board to Hoover vacuums. You used to have to use Hoover bags and Hoover belts. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't, you know, there has to be an OEM equivalent or better, mm-hmm. right? So when yeah. you're telling somebody that you're going to invalidate their warranty, I've had two customers get their warranties invalidated, and both of them, I helped them get their warranty reinstated by printing out that law and highlighting. I used to have an, I used to have that law on my website, and I re, I took out like all of the verbiage that was mm-hmm. like that was. There was like an ambiguous term like insert, you know, product line here. And I just put Harley Davidson in there Mm -hmm. because that's that's where I was using it. And they got their warranties reinstated because their fucking blinker doesn't work. But they have a Baker Trans. Yeah, Yeah. the two things are mutually exclusive, you know, and when you do shit like that. People remember that people that goes in, you know, that's that's a that's that's a what they call the law of diminished return you know you're 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 serving your needs right now but you're creating a problem you're moving those you're just all you're doing is moving that problem further on down the line it's gonna eventually it's gonna show up and and that's where it shows up what cody's talking about where 
you know, how much money did they lose from being incorrigible yeah. on warranty claims? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you did. You got, yeah, you got a little angry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, but it, it doesn't make any, because it doesn't make any sense. What kind of warranty do you guys give on your motors at Fuel Moto? If I come to you with a bike, I didn't touch it. I'm not working on it. You're doing it. Do you guys give like a, a three months, three thousand mile? One year. One year. Wow. wow, that's yeah, that's pretty. Fun. That's pretty strong. If something happens, you have to bring it to us. Sure. We're not going to pay you. No, some I don't. Other shop to work on. Yeah, I don't pay labor bills at other but shops. Knock on wood, we don't have problems. As long as people, after we give them the bike. And tell them how we want them to take care of it and what they need to do. Because it's not stock Harley anymore, obviously. No, it's and not. And they follow the way we tell them to do it. I mean, awesome success rate. So when you, let's say when you build a motor, like when I build a motor for somebody, mm -hmm. I ha I fill out this, I have like this brake engine braking procedure that it's my engine braking procedure. Yep. What, is, what well. is your engine braking procedure at Fuel Moto? What do you recommend? So when we do it at the shop, we do three heat cycles with our base map in. It goes on the dyno for 20 minutes at 2700 rpm in third gear and then after that jamie goes right to tuning the bike we do not put 500 miles on or a thousand heat cycles a little bit of runtime breaking the rings on a dyno right to tuning and and you do that because you feel like you have a superior product we do right. that because we have a great success rate with tuning the bike right okay. away and having a bike at this level of performance not tuned you could be riding your bike at 20, 30% throttle, which most people do. You could have a super lean spot with a base map. And the only way you're going to be able to figure that, get that dialed in is on the dyno. Or a bike may, you know, benefit for two more degrees at timing at 3,200 RPM. A guy riding it's not going to know that. Or maybe take a little bit of timing out. The only way you can do that is on the dyno. How many Harley dealerships do you think have dynos? Probably a lot, but do they know how to do use it? So next question was, how many people have been to a Harley-Davidson factory-trained dyno class? Does that exist? Well, the biggest thing is their tuner is EPA-compliant. So when you start doing a non-catted exhaust, a big muffler, that tuner does not work because you cannot get into the parameters where you need to be to make that exhaust system work. And a lot of Harley dealers tell these customers that come to us to get a motor build, well, if you get this exhaust, X whatever it is, not gonna say name, but you put our tuner on it, we'll warranty it. That is not right, you can't do that. So do you think the EPA's fucked Harley and just handcuffed the fuck out of them? Oh yeah, dude, I think so. And I, I think, think there's been negotiation between EPA and Harley Davidson to where there's some kind of mutual money agreement to where Harley says, okay, we'll, we'll do that if we can save this amount of money. It seems like this happens about every five, six years. It happened like in 2000s, they got slapped around a little bit. Then in like 05, 06, they got a big fine, and then it got all quiet again. And now this one's pretty big. I don't know how long this one's going to last, but it seems like it always fades away after a couple of years. But, they, but, why, but they, why is it Harley, though? Like... Have you heard anything you know about why Honda? Have you heard anything about Suzuki? Have well, you heard anything about Kawasaki? I mean, look at, all the, look at all the fucking UTV, side-by-side, four-wheelers, dirt bikes. I mean, you can go on and on and on. With but, but you know what the difference is? 
is Harley ran around, ran around like Chicken Little in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, dah, look at this person's doing this. This person's building the bikes over here and getting all these other little small companies, these cottage companies. This happened. It wasn't documented. Like, it wasn't, you know, the, the press in, in our industry that's long gone, all the magazines that are long gone, Harley was, was you know, I mean, they had people coming into into privately owned shops like yours and yours and mine and the one you work at and they were just fucking basically ratting everybody out you know like these people are doing this these people are doing this well it's okay so they ran out of all these little companies to fuck off sns said okay fine we'll do a 50 state we'll, we do a 50 state legal motor it got carb approval yeah. as soon as you get carb approval oh, dude, dude you're golden, you, you're golden. Yeah. it costs a lot of money to get it yeah. done but now all of a sudden you can't fuck with them anymore. Yep. So SNS has a carb motor. They're like, look, we're compliant. We're 49 state compliant on these part numbers. Yep. And on these part numbers, we're 50 state compliant. Yep. We have carb numbers on them. Well, so Harley, Harley can't fuck with them then. Yeah. You know, and then like RevTech and, and Midwest, RevTech had a 50, had a 50 state. Um, Ultima, to my knowledge, has a 50 state legal motor. And all they do is they reduce the compression. Yeah. It's like the Big Dog 117s. I think it was a turd. It, but... We have a hot, we, we have a program at, at our shop that we work with John Sachs. Mm -hmm. We machine the cylinder head, the cylinders down a yeah. uh, hundred yeah. thousandths, raise oh, the compression, put a, put a 600 lift cam in it and have John Sachs port the heads. And that yeah. fucking thing will outrun a 124 big dog, hands down, oh, yeah. big dog to big dog. But so they created their own problem. So they run out of people to fuck with that go out and get carb numbers. And now Harley you careful what you wish for. Sometimes you get it. Now the EPA is like, okay, we're back at your doorstep. Now we did all this stuff that you, you complained about this person yeah, and this shop, person this and this person. So what are you going to do? And like, that's why they have to go buy an electric bicycle company and do the live wire. But they fucked with so many people like Jerry and Jerry and Lisa. You met Jerry. Yeah. They, I mean, they've had a shop in Abilene for, I can't even, I mean, I'm 46. So over, over 50 years. Okay. In the late eighties, he had Harley Davidson tattoos. He's been a, a Harley guy his whole life. They can, Harley Davidson came in and made him cover up his Harley Davidson tattoos because he was an independent motorcycle shop, and he had Harley Davidson tattoos. All of his, if you look on his tattoos, he's got the barn shield. He's got Harley Davidson wings and all, and they're every one of them blacked out. Really? Harley Davidson oh, made him come in. It would never black, fucking happen. Black wow. His tattoos out. Fuck Because off. he was an independent dealer, and they said having the Harley Davidson tattoos, that the, it made some, there was some kind of a conflict. They made him cover up all his tattoos. If you opened a shop right now, if you said, I'm, I'm done with bikes, I'm going back to Mustangs, and you put a Ford Motorcraft or a Ford SBO, F, uh, SVO sign or Ford Racing sign in front of your shop, they wouldn't give a shit. Oh. Dude, I had a I had a little sign in front of my shop. Like this is like eight years ago. They're proud of their brand. Well, yeah, they're proud and of their fucking and brand. And you're and you're promoting it for that for right, with exactly. them with the, with yes, them, not for them. It's with things. them, right? Mm -hmm. So Harley David, I had a sign out of the road that was a Harley Bar and Shield, and it said Harley Davidson Service and Repair. Mm -hmm. And I get this phone call from the old dealer principal at the dealership by me. He's like, "Hey, this is Bill Montsioka." Hey, you know, uh, I own the Harley store, da-da-da, you know, how's it going, whatever, you know. He's like, hey, I, you have a sign out in front of your shop that says uh, Harley-Davidson Service and Repair. I was like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you can't have that. I'm like, okay. He's like, you need to take it down. I'm like, okay. And so we hung up the phone. 
a month later, the bike night happens again in Plant City. And he calls me like that Tuesday after that. He's like, hey, this is Bill. We talked a month ago. I told you you needed to take that sign down. I said, no, you told me I couldn't have the sign, but you told me that if I didn't take it down, that's what he told me. He's like, you're going to get a cease and desist. And I was like, you said I was going to get a cease and desist. He's, he was like puzzled. I could hear him on the other end of the mm -hmm. phone. Like, and he's like, you're going to, yeah, they're going to come in. You're going to get a cease and desist. I'm like, well, you said I was going to get one. Where is it? Right. And he's like, you don't want one. I'm like, no, I do. I go, do you realize that all of my friends own fucking independent shops? I'm, I'm going to frame it. I go, none of my friends that own independent shops have a cease and desist on their wall. Right, right. I want, I want one of those. He's like, he's like, they'll just come right in your shop. I'm like, mm, I'm in plant city, Florida. They're not just going to come in my shop. That's not, you know what I mean? It would be like coming into Dyersburg yeah, and be like, exactly. you know, like get the fuck out of here. Uh, right. And I never took the sign down. I never took it down. Same way with me. I had a I fuck them. Uh, boosted brass chop shop on the side of our oh yeah with the baron shield, yeah. shield yeah. you know and it was kind of stretched and the colors were blue and black i believe it was and uh we actually got a uh an email about that from harley corporate and told us that we were gonna have to paint over it take it down or whatever we never did you know i think they emailed us twice it was up there for 15 years you know yeah never I used to buy deal. Harley oil all the time for my for my dealership, and right. I got a, a deal on it. I mean, it wasn't a great deal. I mean, I made selling Harley oil. I probably made it's easy to sell bucks, though because two bucks cheap. a quart. Guys wanted Harley oil, so I go yeah. to them. I'm like, hey, I need a case. They're like, I can't sell you a case. Why sell not? me eleven. Uh huh. No, sell no, me eleven. No, yeah, the case they, is twelve. Right. They could, so. Like, sell me like what bike is it? And I'm like, yeah, uh, so six quarts. Bike. Uh, like, well, okay, we'll yeah. give you, you know, four quarts oil and. One and one on your training primary. Okay, that's what I'm talking about and when I'm I like, started why the conversation. Are you doing that? I'm like, well, I want to buy six cases of Harley Davidson Motor Oil. Well, we can't sell you that. And I'm like, why? I'm going to keep it in my store. Well, then you're going to be selling Harley Oil. I'm like, that you're I bought still from making you. a profit off what I'm buying yeah. from you. I'm like, okay, if I got to pay retail for it, how many cases can I buy? They're like, you can't buy a case. I'm like, so, yeah, it was all Harley's. Tactic. If I sell it, if, if I sell it at your MSRP, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, yeah. dude. But that's the, that's that they created. I don't want to hear all their whining and bitching right now. They created all their own fucking problems. I would love to have an audience with somebody inside Harley, with guys like They're, us. You're not going to get an inside audience saying, from Har uh, anybody that works for the Motor Factory, even if they true. don't like, even if they don't like what they're doing. Yeah. They're getting a paycheck, so they're going to have to be like zip it up, and I can't say. I've had, yeah, I have a friend. I was telling I you know, when you we drove me. here. I, I have a friend that that when I met him, didn't work for Harley, and then he got to be well known for what he does. I don't want to say enough. I don't want anyone to put two and two together. Who I'm talking about? Just, I mean, just take. But, hey, so yeah, he, works, he, he works, works now. He works inside Harley, and I hadn't seen him in a year or two, and all this shit's going on, and I'm talking to him. It's like, dude, honestly, what's going on? He's like. Hey man, it was good to see you, and just fucking yeah, walked away yeah, from yeah. me. I'm like, really? Wow, okay, that's cool. I'm, I don't give a shit. But I mean, you just—that's the fucking problem, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's why this works. That's why this works. Granted, we don't. It's because see... if I do something wrong, you're like, hey, that's fucking wrong. If I do something wrong, you telling me, hey, that's wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, hey man, I kind of think you're going, you, know, you maybe want to rethink that, right? Right. That's what a good friendship does. It, but when you have when the stakes get so high that you're going to lose 
a job that is arguably, I mean, I'm got, I'm figuring that dude makes six figures pretty easily. So what, the, what, what do we talk about? The two number one selling bikes that Harley has sports strength and street glide, correct? Is that I what think you the road glide edge did it, didn't it? Did the I road don't know. glide edge it out? I would I believe so well, now. For, for a long time, because street glide number one selling like, bike since it came out of 06. Yeah. Because in 09, I bought, I had a road glide. My first road glide was an, was an 09. Mm -hmm. And then it, even in 09, people were like, God, that's an ugly bike. I'm have you ridden one? So I was like, have you ridden it? And so now, and then as things progressed, and then now everybody was riding a road glide, but but the one of the friends of mine at the dealership, he was like, street glides, sportsters are the, are the two best-selling bikes we have. Right. So I'm like, okay, so is it because you're, you have an entry-level customer, and then you have a customer with some money? What's Where's the draw to the street glide? Or maybe it's the road glide now. I get the touring bike. Right. You know, so I just don't understand the need for four sportster models, you know. And but I also think as Harley as a company, I mean, we're at they killed the super. What's the what's the largest motorcycle rally in the country every year? Sturgis. Okay, right yeah. we're here, right? So there's something every day. There's a show every day. Right. Something mm -hmm. going on. Why aren't they at the FXR show? Why right. aren't they at the Between Visionary shows? Uh -huh. Why aren't they at these shows seeing what other people are doing? And, and, and Harley should be supporting the aftermarket. Harley should be like, you know what? This is great. You guys are carrying the torch, this old bike that, you know what? Yeah. We're proud we made it. Right. We made a good bike. We're not going to make another one, so stop asking. So but here's the new fucking lowrider. Yeah. It makes 100 horsepower out of the box. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Go back and look and go, you know what? And... We made a good product with the FXR. They, they did. They, you know why they changed? You know why they stopped making the FXR? It was expensive to make the frame. Yeah. So that what does that tell you? Well, it's cost cutting. They had a CEO that was hyper focused on yeah. cutting costs. Which I get. All businesses have to be money driven to a certain point. But they started having shareholders where they weren't trying to placate shareholders prior to that. They were trying to placate the people who spent the money and bought the bike. But, you know. Yeah. But so, I mean. I don't know how to put it into words as eloquently as you do, but I mean, <laughs> there should be people at fucking Sturgis walking around looking at all the things going, you know, maybe. Listen, every new fucking marketing idiot that comes, here's the part of the problem is the people that they hire. And they've, they've even, this is not my words, this is their words. You said it earlier, these young people, you don't hire somebody to be in your marketing department right. that doesn't ride a Harley. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. want to ride a Boom. Harley. It's not it doesn't, ride you know what I mean? These are they're, people that they're, are, they're they're this is a stepping job. stone to their next fucking job because they really want to be a marketing person for fucking, uh, you know, optimized fucking, you know, uh, Pearl Vision or yeah, something. Or, you know what I mean? It doesn't they matter. They have an engineering degree or something. They come in there and they're like, I don't care about riding. I, don't, I just want a six-figure job. Yeah. yeah. Insurance. I want a pension. I want to I'd be, be you know, I don't give a fuck what it is. I just want to like. I mean, and somebody looking at the piece of paper, going, "What? What the fuck is this? Like, what is that?" What the, the CEO that got bike let we go of yesterday, the FXDLRF. FX somebody should have looked at that and goes, "We're not fucking doing that." Right. I mean, like, we're not. Like, that's I don't an know ugly who, motorcycle. Who okayed it? So then, probably the it, old CEO. They canceled it, right? So it's not coming out. I can't even find it in the microfish. No, no, it's it's, it's done. They it built it be. for two years. Yeah, but it's, it's done. Fucking it's done horrible. They have you ever worked yeah. on one? No, the, the, rock, the, the rocker came out, and I'm like, who okayed that? I'm like, who's doing the fucking? The bike? rocker is a weird check, bike. That's a good it's like bike. The black line. That's the a check. Piece of okay, that's yeah. a good bike. I mean, yeah, that one's. Do, a shit do they have too. any? What is the black line? The black which line? is the precursor to the breakout. 
It looked like Somebody Willie G there. had all these laying parts in his shop and fucking just put it together and sent it out the right. door. That's like, what I'm saying. Somebody in there should be doing some kind of, like, I mean, as an independent dealer, before you let shit go out the door, you got to make sure everything's good. Or would I, mean, I ride that? That's what I would ask myself. Yeah. Would I fucking get on that and ride that with my buddies? It'd be and and if you had a shitty bike like that up on the wall, and go, how many of you would ride that? And then fucking people would raise their hand and be like, okay, all of you that just raise your hand, the fuck out of here. Yeah. You work in the cafeteria now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. No, right. you're, you're so spot on, dude. non common sense. And here's the involved proof. Involved in, in that. You know what? It's because it's based on money. Yeah. Here's what it proves your point. Every single bit of it's based on money. Here's what proves your point. How many of us have you gone to a dealer and you see the new standard and you're like, great that's bike. That's a great bike. I think they should do that on the road glide. I no radio, no nothing, because it's going to be a me that's going to build it. And do what I want. Okay, so what if it was a Sportster standard, a Softail standard, a Road Glide standard, an Electric Glide standard? Well, they do. They have. I think standard. the Street Glide standard, the Road Glide should be upgraded. I'm talking. Remember the Electric Glide standard? Mm-hmm. They, well, they have that now. They, That's, have that they should make one in a Road Glide version because they have the 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 Batwing bike one. They should have the Road Glide one. I agree, 100. percent That thing would sell like freaking. Take my money right now. I would buy one. But, really? But the soft tail oh, standard. Dude, fuck yeah! Like, I mean, that, if I was gonna go buy a new bike right now, I would buy a soft tail standard. That's the bike because it's it's a blank canvas for. I get they probably need a mo- but CVO model is for the guy that. Wants to buy a bike and ride and not do anything For the distinguished it. man who has well, everything. Whatever. But the, but the guy who has got the Corvette. CVO but, from But guys Harley. like us. <laughs> we we should be That's the commercials Harley. for it. should be guys like horses running, you know. That yeah. eat, sleep, do you have motorcycles, they need life. to work Absolutely. There. If you don't, if you're working for Harley and you're not eating, sleeping, breathing, doing the that bar kind and of shit shield. for Harley. Yeah. You don't need to work there. I agree. No. Whether from the factory rat down to the... All no. the way up to and the Harley marketing cover. kit. And, like, why doesn't Harley go to, I mean, definitely not me because I'm not a, I'm not the guy to go to. But there's No, people, they go to Jason Momoa and uh, there's people in this industry, Rusty Butcher, right, and but, which but I don't have anything against Mark. But what I'm saying is, is that there's people in this industry. He already has his own following. That have been doing this shit for so long mm-hmm. that know so much that they don't go to those people and go, hey, what, what do you think? You know what? We're going to have a roundtable meeting. We're going to get this shop that's been in business for 50 years, this shop that's been in business for five years, this shop that's, you know, has been successful. We're going to have a roundtable meeting. And what what do you think people want? Ask the people outside of Harley-Davidson Corporation what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to do it. But find out what they want. Mm -hmm. Find out what's missing. Find out where you think the problem is. You know, Ford does support, that. Support. Chevrolet does that. Well, There's study groups. My one of my best friends, Joe. You know Joe. Yeah. He's, he's been in the automotive business 31 years. Any vehicle they work on, Dodge, Ford, Chevy, whatever, they can log in. They can download the programs. Oh yeah. They can scan vehicles. Mitchell's time and all that. They can do yeah. everything. Harley, well, you can't. You can't get digital technician. No. You got to pay for Service Manager Pro and. You know, but even then, I mean, it, like, but it's third party it's, information. Like, Harley, it's like Harley's like, we want everybody to have one. We just don't want everybody to be able to work on one. We don't want anybody outside of our little circle to be able to work on it. Yeah, but the last CEO that was there had a couple of critical errors. There's a video somewhere of him wrecking, leading a ride. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yeah, but what's that have to do with what I'm saying? He's not a motorcycle guy. He didn't ride a motorcycle know, until he but, started at Harley. But if, if, if you've got an independent shop, and you have a flag hanging out front. If Harley thinks they're only going to sell 
to in their store like there's people that are they're not going to go to the harley dealership and buy a harley they want a harley but they're going to buy a used bike probably yeah, with sure. it, harley wouldn't be what they are right now if they didn't have the aftermarket it'd be honda you're right it, I mean, well, how many times have I said it? They're not a motorcycle company. Honda they're a t-shirt having, company that sells unfinished okay. motorcycles. Is Sturgis Motorcycle Rally predominantly Harley Davidson? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where is the Sturgis for Honda? I don't know. I don't know. They don't have one. Do they have one for Kawasaki? They have the well, no, they, they don't they have, have one. Did you just call it a wing ding? It's called the wing ding. Come on, uh-uh. gold wing. Yeah. Is it really there called is a that? Big, there is a. Oh there's yeah. Aspencade in Rio Dosa, New Mexico, too. That's like a. A big motorcycle rally, and I think there's a lot of gold wings. But Harley's got to take a look at the big picture and go, okay, the biggest motorcycle rally in the world is Sturgis. It's, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm just going to go out on the limb and I'm going to throw out it's 95% Harleys. And also look at the demographic, too, that's here, though, the age. To me, I still I, I don't see younger people getting into bikes like when I was growing up. Oh, right, they, but the, if they are getting into bikes, right now they're getting into used. Yeah, they're oh, buying. Yeah. They're buying used, a Dyna for three grand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how, how? Where does Harley go? You, go? you know what? The demographic is there's a bunch of guys in the twenties and thirties getting into used Dynas, and then they're building twelve thousand so dollars sportsters. Why don't we? Why don't we support the aftermarket shops and start selling a bunch of parts to these aftermarket shops so they can work on these used Dynas? Not only that, they're leaving so much money on the table, they're just sitting it on the shelf because Harley thinks they're going to sell every person a motorcycle, and they're not. An aftermarket guy is going to sell. I'm, I'm, I can, I'm I not sell even more motorcycles business anymore, and I still sell more motorcycles than some of the salesmen. Yeah, you're absolutely I mean, right. I do too. I send people over all the time. I'm gonna, I don't have, you know, go to the Harley dealer, talk to this person, that person, the Indian dealer. So why not support that? Support the aftermarket. In the custom world, because all it's going to do is put somebody eventually. If you go out and buy a three thousand dollar Dyna, you get it worked on at your local shop, and the guy's happy. He may say, "Shit, that was a cool bike." Then he's going to save up a little more money, and then he's yeah. going to go buy a new soft tail standard from yeah. Harley or a bagger. Well, or how or about a this? How whatever. Long, pretty soon, the soft tails, the the fucking new soft tail is going to be a four or five year old used bike that you're going to buy for fucking five grand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sell. how about those days that are coming up? Sell the aftermarket dealer, the parts and make the money. I agree. I've been saying that forever. Because especially right now, like my friend that told me that, Hey, if you don't have 60% of your inventory gone, you can't buy bikes. Right. With CVO models. If you're allocated 10 CVOs and you sell one, when allocations come out and you've only sold one of the 10 you're allocated, you'll only get one. Yeah. So if you sell five, you'll get five. So that's all good, though. You know, that's good that they're reducing the total number. You're right. Total number. It's going to reduce the number of bikes available at the at the dealer. It's gonna. It's gonna. So it's gonna make the after the the older bikes or the used used bikes is gonna go up. up. It's gonna fuck. People aren't gonna gonna take their bike to the dealership to get worked on. No, but what it's it is going to do is it's going to create a, a a stronger dealer network. But you're going to have – small dealers are going to lose it. That, but that's the problem. Yeah, there's a problem you're in there. You're saying it's going to create a stronger dealer network. Right. The dealer network for Harley. Yeah, I'm saying that's why they're doing it. It doesn't. Harley s- needs to open their eyes and say, we need the aftermarket. Well, I think we, we need, need to, to reach need out to some, the CEO and get him on the podcast. Cohesive. I know that sounds silly, 
we need cohesiveness between the aftermarket and the in the in the Harley franchise. No, the franchise. Yeah, there needs to be, you know, work with them. Like, does Harley want more bikes on the road or less bikes? Because uh, the fewer people, the fewer people they allow to work on their bikes outside the dealership, mm-hmm. the less motorcycles are going to be on the road. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to me, that's my yeah, opinion. No. Yeah, 100%. if you don't let somebody outside the dealership work on the ten-year-old bike, or sell them the parts to keep the bike running, you're not going to have more motorcycles on the road than somebody else. No, my opinion. No, you're going to lose. What you're going to do is you're going to get people the to, or you're going to put, you know, what? you're going to turn people off on their ten ten-year-old and, bike. And I'm and not going to not... buy your your Harley Pistons. I'm not going to buy your Harley Crank. I'm going to buy the Dark Horse Crank or the S and S Crank or the S and S Pistons or the R and R heads or the R and R motor or what. I mean, if Harley said, hey, you know what? Shit, we'll sell all the dealers. We'll, we'll sell you 120Rs or 120Ss or 95-inch kits or whatever. We'll sell them all to the independent dealers. They don't dealers. even have that kit anymore. You I can't know. even purchase but, that. So, but they do it you first. You can't even get a crate engine. You know an why? Evo. Right. Because the guys that are buying new bikes aren't going in and buying that shit. They're not building shit. Right. Yeah. But the aftermarket guy, yeah, like me, would go in and be like, hey, I got a customer who's got a bike. Motor's bad. He wants to do a 120R. Sell me the motor. Shit, I can't get a discount on a motor. They won't discount them to me at all. You know? And I get a good discount from the dealer. On other but things. But motors, they're like, nope. I'm like, so you can make 200 on a motor and sell it, or zero and not sell it. Because the customer's not the customer's not going to not buy it from me and then come in here tomorrow and buy it from you. Yeah. So do you want the 200? Not only that, or do you want the zero? Yeah, uh-huh. not only we're that, gonna, but your total, your your, it's a, it's a, it's more than a net zero loss because they're not, you know, that that gross goes up as far as how much they spend with their vendors. You know, you know as well as I do, if you spend X number of dollars of drag, you go up in levels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, to where your platinum, platinum yep. plus, those types of things, those kinds of things happen inside it's no all your vendor supply. It's no different than tires. If the dealership would sell you tires. At a, as an aftermarket shop to where uh, my shop's over here, the, the dealership's over here. I've got, I don't, I can't afford to stock a bunch of tires, but the dealership stocks a lot. Yep. So I'm going to go in there and like, hey, I need to get these tires. Well, I'm not, I can't discount those. Dude, the easiest way okay. to make, the, no, I'm just saying, I'm the just, easiest just, way to make your argument is that Harley forces our hand because they will not sell to us. They force our hand to where we'll, we, we will find somewhere to buy. Instead of using Harley bearings, we'll use all balls. Instead of using Harley batteries, we'll use drag. They Instead are of using Harley oil, we'll use to red To take line. money out of their fucking pocket. It, that's full circle. It doesn't make yeah, any absolutely. sense. What I mean, kind of what kind of oil do you guys use at Fuel Moto? I don't want to change gears, but I just I want to know this and so why. Breaking oil, we use a twenty fifty Kendall that has a really really high zinc, zinc content. content. Yep, to break in the motor, and then after about five six hundred miles. You can run whatever you want. Personally, all of us guys at the shop, we run 2050 AMS oil in the motor, uh, AMS oil severe gear in the trannies, and Bellray um, primary chain case lubricant. Really? Yep. AMS oil. We can get it. It works really well. I mean, I, I ran that in my turbo bike. I put 80,000 miles on that bike and never had an issue. Stock bottom end, stock oil pump, so stock let's just, can't play. I mean, you're putting that out there. He's a red line guy. I'm an, yeah. He's a red line. I love Lucas. What do you use? I think oil's oil, man. No, now it's really. like on the so forums. That's, that's what I'm got, getting at is what tires if you, you how many, oil? how many, like, because I'm I'm in the oil and gas business, mm-hmm. so we have 
there's a certain certain oil or, or petroleum that there's a certain oil or petroleum product that we use for what I do. Mm-hmm. Well, I can buy it from this guy, from this guy, from this guy, from this guy. It's all branded differently. Mm-hmm. All coming from the same fucking place. Oh, absolutely. So I know that there's lots of like Pennzoil, Quaker State, Lucas. Mm-hmm. There's all of those people that are manufacturing a product. I don't know if they're coming from the same petroleum plant. They've one's got a little more Molly in it. One's got a little more zinc in mm-hmm. it. But I, I feel like if you're changing your oil, changing your filter, mm-hmm. keeping things clean, that got to keep it clean. Is, is there one oil that's so superior to another that, you know, I mean, I think a lot of guys like my dad, my dad wrote a shovel even into his twin cam years. My dad used in a, in a touring bike, two quarts of 2050 Lucas and then two quarts of Lucas stabilizer that the shit would barely pour out of the bottom. Right? Honey. Honey. Yeah. And so yeah. in his transmission, he just used a quarter of the, the, the engine oil stabilizer because mm-hmm. it was so thick. Mm-hmm. He didn't use Harley transmission fluid. Mm-hmm. He didn't use Harley primary fluid. Mm-hmm. He just kind of had his own concoction, but he changed it regularly. But it worked for never him. had a That's problem. That's number one. Right? So, yeah. so I feel like everybody has the thing like what you said the other day I liked about you're having problems with that old leak on the dyno. You're like, well, if it was red line because it's pink. Or, oh, yeah, or we'd red, know if it was a transmission. We'd know if it was a trans yeah. leak. No. That, to me, was kind of a – I liked that point, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're – like for me, I use – it. I don't make any money. I don't lose any money, but I use formula plus tranny. And that's a really fluid. good primary fluid. It is, yeah. On, on, it's very on good. It's got a lot of detergent yeah. in it. Yep. Yeah. That I don't like it in a transmission. It's not viscous enough for me. No, I use it. I like a GL5 oil. I think it's a GL5. Well, and and that's, that's above my level of, mm-hmm. like, what I know about. I can I can tell a definite difference in a cruise drive, especially when I use the Redline 85W140. Uh, when, what about Torco? Quieter. So the guy that, that I was telling Torco about makes fantastic okay, He's been riding the same. But I don't know about it. either 26 or 27 years. He's been riding the same. It's not, he's rebuilt the motor, but it's a panhead motor. He's on. This, I think this is 27 years. He's ridden the, the same exact motorcycle panhead for 25, 26, 27 okay. years. And I'm like, what oil do you use? He's like, I've used Torco 20, I think it's 2060. 2016, yeah. He goes, and a But you got to remember something about a panhead. Panheads are real loose. Okay, but he, but he's used this oil, and he swears by it. Yeah. So he takes the bearings out, and he'll show you. He'll put the bearings out, and he's like, look at this bearing, look at this bearing. And he's a he's a Torco believer, you know. Like Amsoil, I've got guys that they're like, I'm not running anything of an Amsoil. When I had my shop, people would come in. Do you have Amsoil? I don't care. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks. They believe. I mean, you know, I think people just get like, (laughs) why? You know why I like Lucas? Because you can get it. Because my dad used it. If my dad hadn't used Lucas, I probably wouldn't use it because I wouldn't know what it is. Yeah, right. Lucas know? was mean, our shop oil at uh, JR Cycle Works for mean, a long time. But I time. think there's just a lot of guys that are like, oh, my dad used Quaker State. I'm going to run Quaker State 2050. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my dad used Amazon. I'm going to run Amazon. My, mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a lot of – as long as you're changing your oil. It is. And, yeah, but I have customers that don't change their oil. So oh, an ester-based yeah. synthetic is going to be more stable under extreme load than what a mineral-based mm-hmm. is just based on this and scientific fact. And so oil doesn't ever – oil actually ever never gets contaminated and, and, and breaks down. It's the additives that's in the oil. That's why you need need to change things. And so it's – I've had good luck with it, so I stick with it, you know. I, the first motorcycle I ever bought was a 96 uh, Ultra Motorcycle Company. It was a jackhammer. 
right? Oh, I so. remember them. <laughs> yeah, it was a 96 cubic inch SNS motor, so yeah. I ran Royal Purple, Royal Purple in that motorcycle. Right. So I took the – it started leaking oil. So I took it to the shop, and I'm like, hey, I've got an oil leaking right there. you got to stop using Royal Purple. And they're like, why? They're like, it's so slick that it – it literally finds the place to leak, and it's so slick yeah. it leaks out. Yeah, I was like, is that a real thing? Yeah, it's I mean, ester-based yeah. synthetics. So yeah. the ester-based molecules are three times smaller than a carbon-based molecule, and they're all the same size. Where a carbon-based molecule, because it's organic, they're not they're not the same size, shape. So that was a real so thing. That's an absolute. Oh, yeah, okay. So it like, doesn't cause so leaks, but it finds me leaks. I'm using an. So oil I don't use. I won't use. Slick? Yeah, I won't use yeah. a synthetic. I won't yeah. use a synthetic in a shovel head. I wondered if that Even was if a real I build thing. It. I mean, I really no, did. it really so, is. That's okay. what it is. I mean, that's good to know. Well, that's about, right. a lot of people probably don't know that you can ha- if you have a motor that's got some, you know, small imperfections. You know, yeah, that something too slick or an, a, a synthetic oil will leak. Uh-huh. But it helps to have like an actual legitimate response to that and, and explain that out. Like, I'm not an am, I'm not an Amsoil guy, and part of the reason why I'm not an Amsoil guy is number one, in this country. We don't have very many rules that say what oil is. So oil is relied upon the, the categoriz- categorization, if that's the right word, of oil is, is based off of what the API mm-hmm. and the SAE come mm-hmm. up with, the Society yeah. of Automotive Engineers and the American Petroleum Institute. They rate oils, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's oils that are, that are meant for Japanese bikes, yep. in particular is JSO, right? So if you look at a, a bottle of oil and it says JSO on it, in order to put that on there, the reason to put the JSO on there so you can sell that oil overseas in, in, in Japan, you have to have that oil tested. It has to meet those requirements. AMSOIL does not meet those requirements or didn't at one time. I don't, don't know this for a fact today, but they put JSO on there because in the independent lab studies that they do, it meets JSO requirements, but they haven't paid for that. It's not for sale in Japan. Like you can't buy AMSOIL in Japan, but you can't buy Mobile One in Europe. The EU has very stringent pieces and parts in that, and it's not a synthetic oil. It's a PAO synthetic, a polyalpha olefin, uh, which is basically a, a mineral-based oil that's pressure cooked down to pull the paraffins and the waxes and the imperfections down. It's not a bad oil, yeah. but so we use our house oil as a Motul. Like if you come and get an oil change from us, it's going to be a Motul. Uh, unless you don't want synthetic, then we use twin power oil, which is formulated by VP Fuels, mm-hmm. which VP is a fucking, you know, watch, watch, you know, NHRA today. Uh, VP is, that's the fuel of choice. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, I personally like Redline and that's a Phillips Conoco company. You know, I mean, it's a good oil. I've never had any engine failures from it. You know, I use a 2060 in, in, in the summertime and. You know, it's it, it it's it is really to each their own. Right. Uh, Amsoil produces a twenty-two page document called a study of motorcycle oils, and the, in there they've got like all these oils are rated against. But you are not going to find, you're not going to find a red line. You know, a head-to-head competition. They send their oils to an independent lab for study, uh, but they don't use in, they don't use uh, industry standard tests. They have their own tests that they're designed. Whereas Redline, all the oils that get tested in the same labs have been run for 100 hours in a 2300 uh, mule engine before they send them out. So they're testing. They're not out of the bottle tested. So you guys want to wrap this up? Two hours? I appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, Yeah, we got to do this again, though. We're going to be here all week. So I want to do I really want to. 
Paul, I want to I want to sit down with you and, and unpack some of the things we talked about today. I want to mm-hmm. I want to learn a bit more about uh, Fuel Moto, and I want to pick your brain on some of the um, some of the the tuners. I want to really kind of parse that out. I know you guys are partial to a Power Vision, and I know why. You know that's an industry standard tool, but mm-hmm. there's some particular pieces and parts of that that uh, that that are important that need to be uh, kind of. I want to unpack those a little bit. So. Cody, you got anything else? No? You got anything else you want to add? I mean, we're at two. So, we'll, so what's we'll, your highlight of the day, Cody? Other than winning, obviously. You know what, really, my, my highlight of the day is, is, is getting to be around a bunch of like-minded guys, friends. You know, I mean, winning's, winning's fun, but... I think coming coming to Sturgis for me is I get to see people I don't get to see every year. I get to to hang out. I love the cooler weather. I mean, winning winning is a winning's fun. And if anybody that says they don't care if they win or lose, I mean, it's kind of full of shit. <laughs> I, I mean, in a, in a sense, they I don't are. care that I they mean, lose, but I do like. If, if I would have walked away today with nothing, I had a lot of people tell me I had a nice motorcycle. So to be to be judged by my peers and mm-hmm. I mean it feels good it does but but being able to sit right here and talk to people and talk about the things we love and I mean I think that's the highlight for me you know to be able to sit back relax have real conversations about things that I care about I think for me that's the highlight you know I mean uh, I couldn't tell you you know one specific seventeen no sixteen. 16 was the first show I had won in, I, I mean, shit, 15 years, 16 years or longer. So motorcycle shows were never my thing. I mean, I'm really, to be truly honest, talking about motorcycle shows, Brad won in 15. And I, my first, I had, I bought my first FXR. Actually, I traded for my first FXR in 2010. I traded an Audi, <laughs> Audi A4 <laughs> clapped out fucking bucket. For a rigid frame chopper, mm-hmm. it was just about as clapped out. But I was just trying to get rid of this fucking Audi with a fucked up transmission. And then I had a, a, a guy call me. He's like, "Hey, I've got this really weird bike. I'm not sure what it is." And he goes, "I, I want that chopper you've got." I'm like, "Okay, what is it?" So he brings it to me. It's an FXR, and I'm like, "Ah, uh, okay." I mean, I had worked on one before and rode it, and I was like, "The bike handled well." So yeah, I'll tr- I'll trade you. So. I kept that bike for a long time, put it in a corner. I didn't know a lot about FXRs. I'm not an FXR guru. I'm not going to claim to be. Mm-hmm. But when then Brad won in 2015, I was like, fuck, man. I looked at all the bikes. I thought, this is cool. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to build an FXR. And so mm-hmm. for me, that's kind of how it started. And uh, Once I came back and won the FXR show, then it kind of was like, you know what? I'm, I had so much fun doing it. I was like, I want to try to do that. I mean, I just... I don't know. I mean, I may never won another. I won this year, but with the Dyna, I may never win another show. And if I don't, I'll be fine with it. Mm-hmm. We get to sit here and do this and talk yeah. motorcycles. And I, I learned from you. I learned from Brad. I learned from Jason. You know, it's the stories. Even like when you're yeah. your build last minute, while you're, you know, you're putting the battery in as you're pushing in a trailer to get it <laughs> well, to the show. Like, so many people with the fuel tank in the back man. seat. Right, right. People in TV probably fucked that up for a lot of people too. Probably yeah. some of those shows are. Hey, can you build a bike in seventy-two hours? And people did all this shit. And, yeah. Dude, I mean, a, a st- basically, I mean, 
my 91 FXR doesn't have a, a lot of fabrication work. Mm -hmm. I did some things to make the, the frame different than the stock frame. Mm -hmm. But for all intents and purposes, the stuff that I took off that bike should have went back on. Mm -hmm. Except when we got time to put it all back on, <laughs> it didn't all fit like it was supposed to. <laughs> so I'm like, what the f – this doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you're always learning. It's like, oh, absolutely. And I, yeah. and I don't – I learned from Brad. I, like, I've learned more about motors today than I probably have in a long time. Just, you know, about the stuff you do. So a lot of people don't want to do it. They, they don't know. And look oh. at the demographic of the rider. Well, They're not and, like us. And for me, I'm one of those guys. I don't want to know how to do – do I want to – understand it sure mm -hmm. do i want to do everything no i don't have enough time mm -hmm. i want to be good at a couple different things but mm -hmm. if you're better at motors than i am mm -hmm. i want to send my motor to you mm -hmm. if you're a better painter right. i'm going to send my paint to you right i don't have to be the guy that can do every single thing i'm not going to be that guy i don't know that i want to be that guy right I, th I think the the relationships to be able to call and go hey brad these are the colors <clears throat> i like yep do, do it thing. get it done you know? yeah paul i want a motor you're the motor guy. This is, I just wanted to do this or do this. You mm -hmm. do your thing. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not really a really good at electrical. So, Jason, mm -hmm. this is kind of how I want my bike wired. You want to help? I mean, I don't know. I think it's about relationships for me more than anything. Right. I mean, I like saying, you know, my buddy Brad built these pegs. You know, he kind of right? yeah, chopped kinda up cool. a little bit. Oh, you know, they look pretty cool. But they work like fucking games. Dude, I'm from Abilene, man. right? So, <laughs> Abilene is the. Like, I, I don't, I, I've not been in Dyersburg a lot. I've not been where you're from a lot. Mm -hmm. I've been to Tampa a little bit. But Jason can tell you that Abilene's a, like a <laughs> just really strange. Dude, it's like fucking uh, the Truman Show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. It's a cool little city. It is. It really fantastic. is a cool little city. Mm -hmm. but, but I have friends now that when, I, when we're out, and like, we don't have a lot of bike nights, but when I see them, I mean, they 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 feel like they're friends with you <laughs> because of Boosted Brad Parts, and they yeah. see them on Instagram, right. and they're like, yeah, yeah. Boosty Brad, and they'll comment on his shit all the time. And I'm bad like Aaron Foster for yeah. one, yeah, that dude. I dude's... mean, he, my, he thinks he's like him and Boosty Brad are homies. Like, yeah, right. you know, just because. Of, but it, but that's cool for me. Yeah, like, I yeah. like no, it the is. ability that they know who he is based on. Well, because they get the, the optics of that situation, they get to see through the lens. They get mm -hmm. to see Brad through yeah. your lens. Well, you and know? even for me, me coming and doing this and being out here, and I get to go back. They get to look through the lens of like. Hey, well, that's you know he got to go out there and do that, and that's pretty cool. And you know, we, you we probably all don't understand how many guys that are just they're out there riding their motorcycle around, and then they come home and park it, and then go to bed, and they don't get to sit around and do about, this. Yeah. They're not talking about the industry or the mm -hmm. inside or all the shit that we're talking about doing. Mm -hmm. I think we take that for granted sometimes that we're we may not be at this level, but we're also not at this level. I mean, right, we're yeah. we're at a a See very that. high level of, I mean, especially you being a uh, manufacturer. No, no, I mean, you, you're you're a very humble guy. You're at a high level of what you do. I mean, you're as far as whether it be paint or parts design or whatever, you got to think in the industry. You're at an extremely high level. King dangling. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm <laughs> serious <laughs> though. You're at a high level, Paul. <clears throat> man, if you're at Fuel Moto building motors, you're at a high level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, guys you're like you and Baron Uncle Paul are, are putting in 95-inch twin cam kits. That's what I you're like about level. this show, like today, the FXR show, is so inclusive. I mean, the bone stock bikes, this guy just rode his bike in, didn't wash it, didn't do anything. 
it's all admired to some point, and everything's yes. inclusive. It's not like some of these other bike shows you go to or you've been mm-hmm. in or whatever where everybody's just like a bagger show. to get a trophy. Like a bagger show where everybody's yeah. fucking throwing Man, shade it's, at it's each other, dude? totally different show. Everybody just digs on everybody's stuff, you yeah, know? And totally. like I said, you know, I, I've tried to talk a couple of guys into putting their bikes in the show, and I was like, dude, you need to put that bike in the show. He said, it's just a stock bike. I said, that's the beauty of the show. They're all, like, admired for what they are. You know? Yeah, every one of those bikes that there, that was there today had one or two things on them. You're like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'll see that those bikes, that, that progression where you're going to get to a point to where that might be the dude who shows up or the chick that shows up and wins the show when you're, you're like, I remember that bike that yeah, had this, yeah, that, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody's always looking. Oh, yeah. Especially dude. at the FXR Dyna show. And, I mean, I'm not going to knock the, even the bagger shows. I mean, there's people at the bagger shows that are in that community. They're doing the same thing at yeah, the bagger shows I just, that we're doing at the FXR Dyna show. I just mean that, you know, my experience in that space was there was a lot of people that were really uh, – not thankful there was a bunch of other people in the room. It's like, yeah. hey, no, we're going to have a, a big straight, show. That was a fist yeah. fight. That like was a straight mean fuck you all like, the time. Yeah. If I don't win, I'm going to be fucking pissed. And yeah. do all, I, mean, I saw I'm people act like, I saw people act very, very unprofessional and mm-hmm. really shitty about yeah, sure. the results of shows. I, well, I was like, uh, the FXR turned me off from me. I think that's why it's so cool, though. I, I think it's the best show, actually. I get a lot of shit for all the stuff that I've said about baggers. But I'll go on record here, and the reason why I've said it, if you ride a bagger and you like your bike, I like your bike. If you ride a bagger and you built your bike, I like your bike. But if you are a guy that was in the bagger fucking business and you acted like a cunt when you didn't win or you acted like a cunt because the person that's riding the motorcycle that you built played their stereo too long and wore the batteries down and you didn't win the audio contest... You're a cunt. Here's the thing. In any show, in any motorcycle class, if the guy that wins, if you can't walk over and pat that guy on the back and and be thankful that somebody you're with or another guy won the show, if you can't thank them and congratulate them and be proud of their work, I don't want to be around you. Dude, I have not I not saw that's one cunt like today at no, that show. Everybody, no. I don't. I mean, everybody. I, I, I that's don't, so. I that's what, so when so that people that are listening to this understand because there's people that listen to this stuff. I get comments all the time about shit that I've said about baggers. I like the baggers. I don't like the people who act like cunts <laughs> about their baggers. I don't. Well, and you've probably experienced that a little bit. Like, yeah. For me, the only time I see big wheel baggers is in Sturgis, where I'm from. I mean, my brother did a 30-inch bike. I mean, my brother was a, a redneck, cowboy boots, <laughs> right, cowboy, cowboy hat. Like, yeah. people like see my, bike, my brother on a 30-inch bag, and they're like, what the fuck? Like, he, he probably just loaded cows and then got on his 30-inch bike, came into town to drink beer. Right. You know, the big wheel bagger scene in my city hasn't, for all intents and purposes, hasn't hit. But, but my thing is, I just, I don't want to be around people that, if Brad wins, if he wins every year, yeah, I'm gonna be proud for Brad. If you win, I'm gonna be proud for you. If you win, I'm gonna be proud for you. I don't want to be with a group of people that, if you win, I'm gonna be like, man, man, fucking Jason, that motherfucker. He didn't have twelve he won points. Again. Yeah, you know, like I don't want it to be. I mean, they put you people. and Paul next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny story, right? So I'm just. I mean, but you, yeah, but you guys both sell products that overlap a little bit. 
you know, kind that, of. Yeah, you, he sells risers. You yeah, sell yeah, risers. Yeah, yeah. Totally you, you, what oh, I'm saying is, Paul Bare Knuckle. Paul Bare Knuckle. Yeah, you guys, yeah. I mean, it was but not we, a problem. We have a good relationship, you know. Because Paul's a good person, and right. because you're a good person. That's what it's about, though. Yeah. If, if you're not in this business, and I'm not, I can't. I, I'm speaking from me being in this business previously. I'm not currently in the motorcycle business. Yeah. Well, for for all intents and purposes, I don't have a shop. I know. If you're not in this business to build relationships, then why are you here? Why are you here? Because <laughs> you ain't going to make any fucking real no, money. No, I mean, but a lot of them guys are fading out, though. The bigger, big wheel guys right, that try to just make money and but build not, shitty just, bikes. But just be here to build relationships. Yeah. I mean, you got a big wheel bagger. I love it, but I'm yeah. not a douchey guy. Not to say that everyone on Dude, a big wheel bike is, but no, most of them are. I think big wheel baggers are cool. Yeah. I, to a certain extent. I mean, there's some stuff I don't like. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff with FXRs I don't like. Mm -hmm. There's some stuff with Dinas I don't like. There's mm -hmm. some stuff with choppers I don't like. Mm hmm. There's every aspect of motorcycling has something you're not going to like. Sure. Right. But I still want to build relationships and yeah. give credit where Hey, I've made a due. good I I've I mean, made uh pr professionally and and somewhat personally made a made good with uh I mean Corey and I, Corey Susan and I are, you know, prof on a professional level, we work on things together and do things together and he's as as far as bagger builders, I put him in he's top 5 yeah. pretty easily. But it's you know, about building relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's what I took away or, from that. I mean, even when yeah, the the, the bagger thing isn't the hot thing, it's not because it's not the hot thing right now. You know, nothing's the hot thing right now in our circle. FXRs, FXRPs you know, are apparently a hot thing in our circle. Like, some people don't like cars <laughs> with twenty two inch wheels. Some right. Some people like fifteen inch. Yeah, I don't like pro touring cars. I mean, so everybody's got their thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just depending on your attitude. On do you want to be a douchebag about it, or do you want to be cool about it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. If you want to build big wheel baggers, you can just humble yourself. Get on with your free self. Then do it. Mm -hmm. you know? I just, I don't know. This, it's, a, it's relationship building for me. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think, I, I think you asked my highlight. The highlight for me is building relationships and yeah. seeing my friends and Sturgis. That's, that's the highlight for Talking me. Talking about the build and just like, yeah. I mean, it's cool to win a trophy, but that's not why you do it. You know what? Right. In all honesty today, what we won, I mean, I won a seat. Yeah, but you got more than that. I mean, you got the adoration of a right. fucking 300 people that were there hanging out. But that's and not. Yeah. If I didn't win a fucking thing. Right. I'd be just as happy sitting right here, right now, doing what we're doing. Well, if I want, if, if Brad would have won everything, if Paul would have won everything, I'd be, there'll be, I had no different feeling. No, My I My wife asked me on the phone, she goes, are you not happy? I go, I'm happy. Julie, you don't act happy. I'm like, I was happy when I got here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to be here. Like, yeah. I'm not. Nothing changed about me. Not one single thing. Now I'll joke around with y'all and talk shit and right, right. you know act like I did something cool. But I, I mean, I'm not. That's not. Yeah, yeah, I don't want right. to be that guy. Yeah, Brad's right. never been that guy. You're not that. Guy. None of us. You know. I mean, I just I don't, don't want to be that guy. Nothing. That's just. I'm not. That's not who I am. I mean, I'm not going to be that guy. So. The funny story you said you brought up Paul and Riser stuff. So it was a guy that won a, an axle from Bare Knuckle in the raffle, right? So he comes up to Kristen and we're sitting there, and I was standing in your booth doing something. The guy was like, "Hey, do y'all know where the, the Bare Knuckle guys are?" And, and I was like, "Man, they just left." I said, I'll, "Let me see if I can find out where they're set up." So uh, Kristen was like, "Well, I don't know where they're at." She was like, "They weren't set up here today," and I'm like, "Kristen, <laughs> what?" They were, they were right next to you. And she goes, what do you mean? I go, those people right next to you? That was Bare Knuckle Chopper. She goes, well, hell, I didn't know. <laughs> 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 it 
it was just funny because she was like, they haven't been here. We haven't seen them. They never set up. I just thought it was, I just thought it was funny because y'all were, y'all were literally sharing. On top of each other. Yeah, zip tied each other's. Which, which I, I'm really like, I know it's a different product. Really? I mean, what they sell and what you sell is, it's a different, they're, they're different products. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and one's a riser, one's a riser. It's completely different. Yeah. And see, the thing was, what was cool about it when Paul developed this whole idea of his risers, he had the respect and, I have a huge respect for him. He called me and told me. He said, man, I just want to let you know that I'm coming out with this riser design. It's not like yours. It's, you know, it's similar because it's square or whatever. You know, it has some similarities, but it's not the same thing. And he said, I respect you, and, you know, I just wanted to reach out to you and make sure, you know, there's no hard feelings not going to be or whatever. And I was like, no, dude. I'm That's what makes this that's what makes this industry great. Yeah. Right. That's that's going back to that Harley thing. What if Harley had the same attitude as Brad and Paul setting their two their two businesses up? Oh, side by side, never happen. Never have one single problem. Not even Brad's going to sell his. Paul's going to sell his. I think y'all both I, had great days. Yeah, let the I, brand I had a guy stand on its own. Me and he said, "I want one of those FXR shirts." I said, "Okay, Paul, that's Paul's shirt right here." You know, he's got those yeah. for you. I sent them right over there. So how great would it be if Harley had that attitude relationship yeah. with their independent dealers? Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, because to, for me, for Paul and Brad to be side-by-side side selling similar products, everybody getting along, saying hi, having a drink, yeah. bullshitting, talking, you know, Brad saying, hey, that's their shirt, go buy their shirt, you know, um, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, I just can't imagine how great, how much greater this industry would be. Mm-hmm. If people thought like if that. If people thought about, you know, I say people, I'm going to say people. I'm, I'm going to say if Harley thought that way about their fucking aftermarket dealers, you know, and because I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of other guys that get that get along okay, but there's also so many guys that are like, I'm not going to name any names that would set up beside Brad and go, that motherfucker's selling risers just like I am. No, he's not. No. He's not. He's selling risers. He's selling his risers that he designed. He's selling a shirt that says death metal no, racing on it. You're selling a riser that you designed. Get over yourself. Right. You didn't invent the fucking wheel. You didn't invent the motorcycle. You didn't invent the fucking riser. Yeah. So if you think for one minute that you have a, you know, I don't know. I'm tired of that bullshit. I'm tired of everybody thinking that nobody else can sell anything because they, they, shit, I painted my bike black. You can't paint your bike black. I've seen that. Right. Man, fuck you. We've seen that. That's bullshit. Yeah. If everybody had the mentality of we're all in this business. Some people are in it because that's how they make their living. Some people are in it just because they enjoy being around it. Right. If everybody just understood that we're all in it, but for a certain reason of love, or yeah, I mean, it would be it just would be easier. It really mm-hmm. would. Well, it would be easier to be more innovative, and you could you could you know co-sign some of your resources to somebody else and and help them get what they want to have get yeah. done done. Got to get know? the jealousy out of it or envy yeah. or I don't. Well, know. it goes away older mm-hmm. you get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're all pushing 50. <laughs> so, I mean. Brad's older than us. Yeah. 72. Right? Right. 1972. Yeah. <laughs> 76. Yeah. All right, gents. That's a good place to leave it off. Yeah. All right. Bye. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening.